Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. And he's... What joined us to talk about small game? <laughs> Eminem. What was your favorite of the year? Do you, how many how many words of that Eminem song do you reckon you know? Which one? The one I was just singing. Guess he's back, back again. Is that the we created a monster, but nobody wants to see? <laughs> no. For me, for everyone, no. This is take two. I accidentally. I don't know what I did. I think I hit record and then stop immediately. Whatever. It's all the small games, everybody. My name's Andrew Levin. I'm Jonathan Valenzuela. And uh, this is a game all about indie games. And usually we would begin an episode by asking, what is an indie game? A timeless joke uh, that uh, opened many an episode of all the small games over the past seven-ish years. Yeah. Uh, but this was the past, you know, this is our best of 2023 episode. We're yes. going to count down our top 10 indie games of the last year. And... I think 2023 was the year that the rest of the world had the most trouble answering that question. Exactly. They I are, think there were there were a few releases over the course of the year that the internet went like this is an indie game and the people who made it were like no it's not <laughs> and the internet went shut up we decide you don't. Yeah, so, and look we, we we know that we're recording this in 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 January and I thought I would, you know, use this delayed uh recording time to catch up on all the indie games i missed out on in the last year and that backfired spectacularly because i've play- spent the last two weeks only playing the new prince of persia game that ubisoft made which is a, a very rare occurrence of a, of a triple a studio making a metroidvania game um but you know that, that is a, a genre of game that uh i feel a lot of most people associate with the indie game label. Oh, Certainly, absolutely. it's been the indie studios flying the Metroidvania flag for the last seven-ish yeah. <laughs> years. Um, and before. Um, but we got, you know, Metroid Dread, I guess, is the last big high-profile AAA indie game from Nintendo themselves. And you and I were arguing, you know, we're not even talking about games from last year. Before that, the Ori and the Will yeah, of the Wisps War in the Blind Forest. Made by Moon Studios. Who are are they, o- they're owned by Microsoft now. Yeah, that's right. And I feel like they always were. Oh, could be, yeah, could be. Because I mean, if 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 that's considered an indie game, then all the Kirby games, all bets are off. Which is made by 
you know, Hal Laboratory, who are a second party that's, yeah, owned by Nintendo, but it's a separate studio in the same way that Moon Studios is separate. I, you know, it, it, there's levels to this shit. Well, my, the way I, I was saying before, um, let me just check. Yes, we are recording. Good. Yeah. I, can, I can say my piece now. I'm not going to make eye contact with you for the entire <laughs> next three hours. I'm just going to be looking at it, making sure it's still recording. Um, we only the, lost like two minutes. John, the numbers That's... are going backwards now. What does that mean? We're unrecording the past episodes. Um, so in the, like it takes a while. Oh, just before you begin oh. that thought, very important sound effect. Ah. It's the sound of the first beer of the best of the that's, 20, the that's year the GOTY episode. episode, baby. Um, so it takes about two hours to get from my house to Levin's house. It's a bus, it's a train, it's a bus. There's like waiting times in between each. So it gives me time to think. And once I'd kind of like figured out my top 10 list and assembled like four other lists that I have yep. for this episode. Um, if you like lists, you're in good hands. I, I got to thinking about this whole indie game argument and you know it basically born it was like the 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 it was born of the dave the diver studio going this is not an indie game we're not an indie studio but and that that made the internet go nuts oh, the internet for a while lost its mind about that hillary think- clinton tweeted about it <laughs> um hashtag hillary dave um <laughs> the but i mean like the, a similar a similar argument, I think. I feel like we we forgot about a similar argument that happened earlier in the year with Hi-Fi Rush, because mm-hmm. Hi-Fi Rush was developed by I think it's called Tango GameWorks, who are the guys that make like I want to say no, MachineWorks is the one that make they make big games. Levin's Computer Man, look it up. It's me, Tango Computer. GameWorks. Yeah, great great name by the way. Yeah, um, X, yeah. X Capcom, The Evil Within. Yeah, the evil, the oh, evil oh wait, they, of course, they made Ghostwire Tokyo. I should know that. That yeah. was one of my favorite games of 2022. Yeah. So everyone was like, this is an indie game. And they're like, no, it's not. We're Tango Gameworks. We make huge games like AAA games, which got me thinking like, maybe it's not about the team making it. It's almost like, it's like albums. So if, if suddenly like, if Pavement made an album that had like hard beats and Steve Malkmus rapping over the top of it, <laughs> that's a rap album. It's not a pay, it's not your standard like you indie know, rock nineties indie yeah. rock pavement yeah. album kind of thing. So when you get Ubisoft making a side scrolling Metroidvania like Prince of Persia, I mean I don't want to say that's an indie game because obviously Ubisoft is one of the biggest companies on earth, but maybe we need to like adjust the way we think about it and allow for like these big companies to take an experimental stab at games because that's well. Like, I mean, what's the name of our podcast? All the small games. It's not all the indie games. That's true. We are an indie games podcast by default, but we are, I guess, two busy dads. Yes. <laughs> um, who you know, the, the we we crave the smaller experiences in video games, mostly because like I'm. Have you, I'm, have you finished Prince of Persia? I'm so close to finishing it. I was I was responsible today. I was like, no, you, there are a few games on here that you haven't even opened. And we're going to get to the list of games of, that I've bought, paid good money for that I haven't even opened right. across multiple consoles. But uh, I I could have finished it in the two hours before you, you, you came over but today. How, mu- how much time have you sunk into it? Oh, it's like a 20-something hour game. But compared to small, like, but compared to your standard, you know, you know, third person, you know, Assassin's Creed games oh, can go hundreds 60, of hours, sixty yeah. to eighty, hundred. One one of them that like, wasn't Valhalla like unfinishable. Essentially, the content just kept coming. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I mean, like that's your standard for AAA now is like 
eighty to one hundred. I guess hours. it's for us. It's like aesthetically, like what are the games that we gravitate towards? They yeah. are these smaller experiences. You know, you you with your background in adventure, you know, point and click adventure games, and mine with my like, you know, always craving a you know the next eight to sixteen bit, you know, sure. precision platformer. Uh, that's that's where we where, where we find ourselves heading towards. But it, you know, I, I guess it is where people start to argue about what is and what isn't an indie game is when like, yeah, maybe a smaller team made a smaller game that, you know, uses uh, lower lower res graphics than your your standard 3D action game in Dave the Diver, but they also have a marketing department. Yes. They have budgets that so many other indie games are unable to get access to. Much like a lot of games, you know, we, we, we always put a Devolver game in our top 10s. We always put a Team 17 game in our top 10s. Maybe not this year, but uh, actually, no, definitely Team for 17, Team 17. Definitely. They had a great year. Uh, Devolver, I'm like umming and ahhing about including one. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that, you know, then they are every year that we, that we continue our podcast, that those places get bigger and bigger with more support, more staff, more yeah. money. And, but it also like it's, it's, it, it's diminishing returns for like the 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 want to support an indie studio because you want them to become successful. Mm. You don't want it to become like this tall poppy thing of like oh that that studio I used to like they're not they're not indie anymore so yeah. I won't play their games anymore. It's a it's a stupid conversation. That's that's I mean that's why I'm trying to that's why I'm talking about like the whole album versus band thing where it's like I want to get rid of that conversation because not only does it mean the team that started with five people that now has 30 people, you're not like, man, fuck you guys. You were cooler when you were small. But it also means you get stuff like this Prince of Persia Metroidvania because you incentivize AAA studios to experiment with these smaller games in between their massive releases. Yeah, like, absolutely. It benefits everyone. I, w- I, I wish all studios did this. Yeah. And, I, and I, hope, I hope this Prince of Persia, The Last Crown is what it's called, uh, is a hit. It's, it is... Like, far and away, like, it's immediately top five Metroidvanias of all time for me. That, coming from Mr. Metroidvania, from, that's... From huge. a studio that's never made one. Yeah. and But you can see the influences that they've taken from all the indie... You know, from your Hollow Knights, from your Ori's, from your Blasphemouses, and then from, you know, your Metroids, your Castlevania. Like, there's so much love for the genre, and it plays so much better than so many other Metroidvanias have played. What are you, what are you played. playing on? On Switch. Oh, great. And like, it's like, yeah, another insane outlier is that it's like one of the best third party ports. It's probably the best third party port on the Switch. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, and I feel like the, the news story surrounding whenever they put anything on is like, oh, I'll play this on any console except the Switch because it chugs like a motherfucker. Mm. But, but Prince of Persia is, is, is a blast. Like, really? And Metroidvania is, I feel like, I, I don't want to play that shit on the TV. I don't want to be constantly pushing the map button on my. On my uh, on my television, guess what? Prince of Persia, the Last Crown has what a map cunt. Oh, really? But she's like an eleven year old girl, so I should not call really? her that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but she even hums like Cornifer did in, in Hollow Knight. Oh, hell yeah! <clears throat> and uh, that was a that's a great design. It's like yeah, choice. it's like that's you know, fantastic. borrow you. The, I feel feel like no other genre of video games like liberally borrows from the good ones that came before it yeah. in in a respectful way than Metroidvania, and this is just such a fucking testament to like oh this is maybe the best genre of video game when it's done well yeah a hundred percent and it's from i mean but that's the wild thing it's from ubisoft and it's not even like is it a sub team or is it just straight up Ubisoft? it's the same team that made like the previous like 10 favorite 
Ubisoft games for me, like the Rayman uh, platforming games okay. um, and the Rayman games in general. Um, and uh, they made that Zombie U game on Wii U, like the only like okay, only well regarded. Uh, in fact, in fact, that and Rayman Legends on Wii U were like the only well regarded third party games. They're a studio that like can work well with Nintendo hardware first and foremost, and also just they're just good. Yeah, um, it's like the they're they're it's a good you know Ubisoft have so many different studios. I love that they're just named after the different cities yeah. that they're in. There's Montreal, there's Montpellier. I think that's that's the one that that made this one. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, if you look at because that's the like thinking about 2023 in terms of video games, there were two narratives over the course of the year that stood out most. One of which was absolute red letter year for video games, mm-hmm. like. Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, Legend of Zelda, Tears, Tears of the Kingdom, Kingdom. Um, Mario, Mario 4, Wonder, Mario Wonder, Pikmin pa- 4, Pikmin 4, Paper Mario RPG. Was yes, I mean, do we want to talk about before we get deep in the deep, deep in the weeds, aka the indies? Did you like what? Did you end Breath this, of the Wild? Did you end uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Tears of the Kingdom. Did Sorry. you end uh, 2023 having played predominantly indie games? Or yes. okay, for me, no. Right. For me, it was like I guess I my my kids are getting older mm-hmm. and they want to play Nintendo games, which is like you know somewhat of a passion for me. Sure. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna begin every morning by like you know getting ready for school, and then we get that spare half hour before school. We're playing Pikmin Four, we're playing Mario Wonder, we're playing the remake of Super Mario RPG. It was such a good year for yeah. for Nintendo first party shit that like that took up, and then on, on like. For a, a good chunk of last year, I was also playing Tears of the Kingdom as well. Sure. So definitely, like the most played type of game for me last year was was first party Nintendo games, um, and only in the last like few months was I like shit. Oh, <laughs> better play some fucking indies. Whoops. <clears throat> um, I mean, look, I I poured 150 200 hours into Tears of the Kingdom. Did you finish it? Yeah, I didn't. I I reached a point where I was like, I wanted to do everything, and then all the other side quests were like. Hey, collect 500 of these things and I'll give you a fabric for your glider. And I was like, get fucked. I'm going to go I'm going to go take a run at Ganondorf now. This is like I'm done. For me it was the realization that I played 100 hours and that I was still nowhere near finished yeah. and I was like I just need to break from this game for a while cuz I don't know, I guess it, it is that oh, I don't want this to be the only thing I play during the these 3 months. I want to play these smaller experiences. I still like that's still my favorite thing. Um so yeah, look, it's been a, a, a strange year for me. I, I, I had the most systems possible to play uh, video games on, and because of, I guess, like you know, one of my new focuses in life, which is making videos about content instead of actually enjoying it. Sure. Uh, that took up a lot more t- of, of my time. Uh, I still, I think, ending the year in terms of media consumed, I think reading manga. Um, okay. Is still like my number one, and video games closely close second. But yeah. I, I, you know, I now can play video games at home on two different switches, a PS5, an Xbox Series S, um, a Playdate. So it hasn't changed from. Or I have a sec- an extra switch since when we last. We I, lost I was going to say the year, there's a second one in the mix. Well, now. like yeah, when we went to Japan, we had to take two switches. It was sure. just, that was just the way it went. So, <laughs> um, and I played Dredge. For majority of my month in Japan, great travel game. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I assume we're going to hear that more about Dredge of later, course, later of in this episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, we can now, like, yeah, I've now got a, a a Steam Deck. Yes. 
Um, and for the first time in my life, a PC that I can play video games on. Of course. Uh, probably the platform that I've played the least amount of video games on. I still find it very daunting, but also it's in my um, office, which reaches temperatures of 45 degrees on a 40 yeah. degree day. And there've been a lot of those lately. P- so PC gaming is a winter yes, activity so for you, akin to, <laughs> akin to skiing and, and snowboarding. Using your PC in that office is going to be... For cold times But I played a shitload of games On my Steam Deck In fact I would say Half of my uh, List of Steam games For me Doing this Putting this list together And my Idea of You know Defining what an indie game is And why I do this podcast Like there was a moment Of like darkness Where I was like it wasn't even about like putting the time aside to record this episode. It was like feeling like I hadn't done my due duty of playing so many indie games and yeah. then being like, oh, fuck, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to show up and have like a top five and that's it. Yeah. Not that it was ever that dire. As soon as you actually start writing down, you're like, oh, I actually played quite a few. But um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I saw how many people downloaded last year's episode. Okay, and I was like, "Shit!" It's like you know, it's over two thousand. That's pretty sick that people are, are, you know, even though we hadn't done an episode for a year at that point, people were like, "Oh, cool! It's the it's the it's, best of the year. Yeah. It's this fun hangout." We have had one beer, by the way. The first beer of the episode was, uh, it's called Toru, um, and it's from uh, the New Zealand uh, Garage Project. Okay, um, brewery, my favorite brewery in the world. Right, it's a wild ale. So it's been a wild year. So we had a wild ale. Damn straight. Um, this this is this beer is. Now you can't get any more. This is the last. I wanted to share it with you. Oh damn! Thank la- you. La- I, I managed I'm, to find like the last. I am wild honored. The last three four packs in Sydney, and, and took them away with me on one of my holidays this summer. Okay. And we, I came back with one beer, and I was like, I'll save that for when John comes over. Yeah. yeah. One more silver bullet to kill this werewolf. Um, I can't remember what my point I was trying to make. Oh yeah, what 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 I think about with indies is you know. It's less about what is and what isn't an indie game, but to think back on that, you know, which, which teams have budgets or it's not even about money. It's like, what were the indie games that I played that I didn't see many other people talking about? Yeah. So there's quite a few of them on here. I think, um, you know, ha- having access to something that I can play every Steam game on, two, two things that I can play every Steam game on has just changed the way indie games are for me i can play everything now yes i'm unstoppable and you can i mean you can get down on like steam next fest and that kind of stuff and i find that annoying because it's like i don't want to play a fucking demo i see where you're coming and that is less about that i think demos are awesome and really really good i guess i'm time poor and is there a way to say like i'm 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 racist i'm no no, i'm doing good now yeah you know what i mean and i i can i can afford to support games even if i'm gonna like play an hour of it and go you know what this game's not for me i don't don't need a demo to do that okay that's i mean look i always whenever i get to steam next fest it's always to to borrow from another thing my eyes are bigger than my stomach i'll always be like oh my god this 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 and i'll play three of them sure yeah and like i love the three that i've played but then it might be like my night. That night is done, and then the next night, because to play Steam Next Fest, I got to get my laptop out, and I got to sit on the couch. And playing playing on the laptop, for some reason, commands more attention than the Switch does. Mm-hmm. So I'll be sitting there watching TV with my wife, but I'm not because I've got this laptop on my lap and I'm focused on it. And I have headphones on because you know I want to hear the sound as I play and all that kind of stuff. Second beer. Second beer. It's Ooh. a filter. Extra P- XPA. XPA. Good beer. Just solid. Yeah. Solid, solid yeah. I've got a lot of lagers, so I thought we'd get some males out of the way because I know that's your 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 drop of choice. Why, thank you. 
So, so by, by the time I force you to drink some swill, you'll be a few, <laughs> few beers in. You'll be like, you know what? This is actually the this best. This is great. Um, and I mean, with the Switch, like if, if there's something on that I want to see on the TV or I want to have a moment with Joe, I hit that power button. goes off, hit the power button again, comes back on exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. If I got to hop off the couch because I want to get a glass of water or Joe needs something or et cetera, et cetera. Switch is easy. Laptop, it's a whole other thing. Steam Deck, almost as good as the Switch. It is insane to me that the main thing that they didn't copy was that incredible ability to put the system to sleep and wake it back up oh, in, really? in a millisecond. Oh, okay. Switch takes a moment. Both yeah. ways takes a moment. and yeah. Not sorry, not Switch. The, the Steam, Steam Deck. Deck takes a moment and it's frustrating. Sure. Um, but, but it's it, even, it's the portability play it, absolutely. as well. It's like, kill- I, I, I'm, I am a handheld gamer. Yeah. For life. So, so... Baby. So the next, the next night when I'm like, I've got these six more demos to play or however many more demos, I'm always just like, oh, I kind of just rather sit and watch TV tonight or like, I don't want, I don't want the hassle of pulling my laptop out. Well, cetera, it's, it's like starting a new book. You yeah. Know? It's like, I've got to reintroduce myself to this world. They've got to build it all around me. I've yeah. got to learn the mechanics. Yeah. Demos are always like, for me, it's like, oh, is it going to be worth the effort? Yeah, that said, they're, they're really like, important. I love that they exist. My my number one of the year this year is something I played the demo for. Okay, I cool. Was like shit, I I got to finish this. This is incredible. That's cool that they made a. Um, but there are other games. Clean that, your backyard simulator yeah. demo. <laughs> I re- like the number of people after we released that episode that was like, Levin's was a cunt to you about your number one. What the fuck was that, that all about?" And I was like. I don't know, man. I don't know. He just was a piece of shit to me based on what I like to play last year. You listened to that F again. I was you, teasing you. You it's were fine. like, you went hard. I've known you for two decades. I can say whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's, I guess it's nice to have that ability to play, uh, to join in those things as, as well. And mm-hmm. like, there is always a sale going on on Steam somewhere. Yeah, it's whether an, it's like genre-based or it's a developer or something. And that's why like, that's why this first list that I'm going to read out is as long as it is. Um, it's stuff you bought but haven't played? Yep. Yeah. So these are games that I bought in 2023 that I have not played yet. Some of them are extremely high-profile uh, indie games that I know are a lot of people's favorite game of the year. So sure. in case you're wondering if I'm going to show up and Microsoft Windows 95. <laughs> uh, so we've got Gravity Circuit. Okay. Which is like a Mega Man ish game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to looking forward to that. Knuckle Sandwich. Okay. Bought it with the intention of playing it. Prince of Persia, baby. <laughs> um, Chilling with the Prince. But that's a game that has a, a long history of uh, us loving it on, sure. on this podcast. Finally came out towards the end of last year. Mm, let's get into that later. Okay, cool. We'll talk about it later. Um, another game, uh, Pseudo Regalia, which is a. Rings um, a bell. It's a like 3D low poly um, Metroidvania. Okay. So like a third person ac- action. So like Blue Fire, I want to say was Blue Fire Metroidvania. Oh, that game rocked. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, so. I I just heard everyone saying everyone who's who I trust was saying that how sick it was. Shido Regalia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I I bought that with the intention of playing it, but Prince of Persia. Um, sea of Stars is another one okay. that just sat in my library for a long time. I guess the idea of starting a you know, being like big old JRPG, exactly. Yeah, old oh, JRPG. Where, where are they from? America, France, I think. France FRPG because they're the uh, <laughs> LFRPG. LFRPG. Uh, this is the one that that I didn't see anyone talk about this year, um, which is strange considering the pedigree. In fact, I'd say you have never even heard of this game, uh, Savant Ascent Remix. <laughs> 
So okay. this is the new game or the game that came out last year that was made by the guy who made Owlboy. Okay. Which is like one of my favorite indie yeah, games yeah, yeah. of all time. Um, I don't think it's anything. It's, it's akin to um, uh, Matt Makes Games. I don't know if that's still the name of their um, studio, but they made Celeste. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Before that made a game where you like, it's like a bow and arrow multiplayer party game. Okay. Really, oh, ta- really. Powerful. Towerfall, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think this is Owlboy's Towerfall. It's like more of a multiplayer-ish kind of okay, experience. right. But I didn't play it. I couldn't sure. tell you. Don't, tr- don't, Prince- trust, don't trust anything I say. I'm, I'm too busy saving the Prince of Persia. <laughs> you um, are the Prince of Persia. No, you're not. Oh. Yeah, how many hours have you put into that game? None. And cleaning your backyard. It's 80, bu- <laughs> it's 80 bucks. Yeah. Apparently, if you join the Ubisoft no, subscription thing, don't care. You can no. do a, a month free trial and then dip after you finish the game. I'll, I heard, I'll I heard forget. that's it. Okay. I'll forget. Corn Kids 64. Yeah. That would be sick. Yeah. It's, it's fortunately corn with a C. Oh, but it's a. Is uh, kids with a C? No. Boo. They'll be like SIDS, <laughs> which is like a corn very different Sids. vibe. <laughs> Corn SIDS. Corn is causing sudden death syndrome. Oh, um, the Corn Kid 64 is another low poly platformer okay. um, in a similar vein to many Nintendo 64 games, like one of my favorite games of last year, uh, which just got an update Super Kiwi 64. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Got to go back and, and play that. Cursor Blade. Uh, apparently, it's a game that you play with your. It's like a roguelike that you play with your mouse. Okay. And your mouse. Cool. I was like, I've got a PC. I, I could play this. Got a mouse. Didn't play it. <laughs> um, uh, then Station to Station, which is a really sick voxel um, game about making trains and train stations. Hell yeah. Looked fucking awesome. Didn't get play it. But which is interesting because there's like, I feel like voxel is a graphics approach that we've both. <laughs> Kind of been like, with the exception of the tourist, I think we've both kind of been like, yeah, voxels. This, I'm going to show you. Everyone, fire it up at home now. Let's watch the first. Type along with Levin. 15 seconds of the official launch trailer of Station to Station together. All right, here we go. Live reacting. Um, Ooh. So, here we go. So, so basically, it's like windmills always look good in voxel. Yeah, and so you, it's like a, a majestic voxel train chugging along on some voxel tracks. Um, it's such a dumb word, but basically, like what the what really makes it look sick is when you build and connect stations, the land around it comes to life. That's pretty good. Yeah, that effect looked really sick. I'm 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 really regretting uh, not playing this game. Yeah, that's, um, that's especially with good. with the kids. But it's you know, it's I don't I don't want to. Hey, kids, come get heat stroke in my office yeah. while, while we while we play this game that I think might be cool. Don't um, sweat on dad's mouse. I don't want to tell them what a voxel is. <laughs> um, we've also got uh, Super 56, which apparently is a, uh, like a, a take on like a WarioWare okay. type of like, you know, just chucking micro games at you. Great, great style of gameplay. Um, and then a tiny sticker tail. Don't know what that's about, but it's got a donkey. Damn. Don't, maybe I'll let you know next year. That's all we need to I've got, know. So I've got, you know, I think you've done a list of games you're looking forward to in 2024. Yeah. That, those 10 games I just wrote out, they're right. games I'm that's, looking forward to playing in 2024. Oh, yeah. Already in the bag. There was, um, I, didn't, I didn't put on my list, but someone made a game this year that was like, Okay, you want to play those kinds of games? Brother. Oh, really? It's on my honorable mentions. Oh, hell yeah. So, okay, the, good so the full name, I wish it was called Brother. Yeah. <laughs> that rules. The full, game, full name is, yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. <laughs> um, and actually by a studio who um, I've played I, 
So it's the same studio that made the um, Katamari remasters. Oh, okay. I yeah. knew it was. I, I I tried to look up the article on Wikipedia, and it just went like error. Article not available. And I was like, mm, what? Like, yeah. You asked me for money. Why? So it was very funny to me to be playing that game instead of like, you know, Pizza Tower. Sure. Like my when, during my first month of the first game that I actually played a lot of on my Steam Deck was that. Oh, nice. Which is a basically. Uh, a collection of, I don't know if you've ever been scrolling on Instagram or Facebook and you see a video for a game where it's like, you know, you've got to move, r- remove these poles and, and one will make gold slide into your room, the other will slide lava. Yes. And then you have some dumbass filling the room with lava and you're like, you pulled the wrong pole, you idiot. Um, but then you actually download the game and it's nothing like that. Yeah, I think Ebony is the name of that game. Then there's another one where you have to like, Basically, like you, you, you start at like your number is eight, and yeah. then you have to like choose numbers that are higher than you. But then there's equations in the mix, and um, you, you every time you 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 take on an, a, 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 an opponent with a with a number, you become that. You yeah, know, you add that, that number, number to you. your thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's all about making sure you you select the right room in order. It has that. Yeah. Um, I played a lot of this game, and I, every time I was like. Okay, I love that they've made these games that aren't real, real. Mm. But why the fuck am I playing? <laughs> Presentation is really, really good. You get like coins for completing levels. Um, really like, you know, fun, tongue-in-cheek, silliness. But at the end of the day, those games could only hold my attention for so long. Oh, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I always, whenever I see those ads, I'm always like, this is the most unsustainable game design imaginable, basically. Um so yeah, it's cool that it's kind of like a novelty thing. Yeah, totally. And the name is just that name alone. I think yeah. Apart from, is... I mean, points off for not having the word brother well, at the beginning. True. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it should be called brother. You want those games right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Are we? What, what, I feel like we've been absolutely wandering around, which is fantastic. It's what it's about. Shall we like? Shall we talk a little? Like, shall I talk through one of my lists? What I missed out on this year? Yeah, let's do that one. Cool. Yeah. So this is similar levens. This is not specifically on Steam. This is just in general what I what I didn't didn't get around to this year. Same as Levens. Wait. <coughs> All right. I remember that. <laughs> Did you just do a second follow up? No. It was Your bonus had an, the fizz went up had an back aftershock, of my and I was like, oh god. Um, based on complaints last year from Levens, where I wasn't burping directly into the mic enough. Um, so yeah, similar Levens. I like. I am a busy guy as well. I have a full-time job. I have a toddler daughter. There are days where, like, I have the best intentions in terms of, like, hey, I want to check out this new game or I should try this. But it gets to the end of the day and I'm like, I just want to lie on the couch next to my wife and watch, like, an old episode of Bob's Burgers or a TikTok you, compilation or, like... Was it the, this past year that you did The Nanny or is that was... I think like you were talking about we doing We went that. back through the... Like, we did The Nanny when Joe was pregnant and okay. we just, like... We fell into watching it again when it was like, oh, we're so exhausted. We just want to watch something that doesn't tax us. Let's watch a Nanny episode. That would tax me so hard. It's, <laughs> it's a... God, The Nanny is a weird show. The <laughs> 90s was a weird time. But, um, but yeah, I, I had, like... I, towards the end of the year, tried to build a list of... Um, stuff that you know with my limited time I'm like I want to th- these big games that people are talking about and by big games I mean like the popular indies mm-hmm. I want to like take a run of them see if the, the hype is as much as it seems I had a list I did 
okay on my list, but there were ones that fell by the wayside. So here are the, here are the games that I missed out on playing this year. Number one, Viewfinder. Okay. Um, I played the demo during a Steam Next Fest. Cool idea. I just never got around to playing it. Um, <coughs> I think again because it is it was PC and PS. I just if it's on PC, my chance of playing it drops remarkably. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. I think I, my Xbox, I touch less than my PC. Right. Like, I just... I played, I played the first, like, few, game, few, few levels of that game. It's really fun. Yeah, I hear it's really good. Presentation's really fun. Yeah. Um, music's good. I, I know a lot of people hated the dialogue for me. It just felt like I was playing, like, a corny Nickelodeon show sure. and kind of enjoyed that. But at no point did I think I was playing an indie game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lies of P, which was the, like, Souls-like... Based on Pinocchio. Isn't that just a double A studio game? Like, I don't, Could be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Wizard with a Gun. Shit, I have that too. I should, I should, yeah. should be on my things I have. I think list. I, like, I bought Don't Starve for my Switch this year. Oh. And burned. You love that game. The energy I have that I would have spent playing Wizard with a Gun, playing Don't Starve for a little bit. <laughs> oh, is like, it like a roguelike? Kind of, yeah. Okay, like no, a, no. you know, collect resource, build your base, etc. kind of thing. Slay the Princess. It's mm-hmm. like a visual novel slash dating sim where it's like you have to kill a princess. If you don't kill a princess, the world will end, but she does everything in her power to try to stop you from killing her, essentially. I've heard great things about it. Backpack Hero, Steamworld Build, and Leica Aged in Blood, which I... You played the demo of that I one, played right? the demo. It was good it was very it was a weird take on like a metroidvania for for me every review i heard of that was like the controls on this suck so much shit it was weird i would have like the story was compelling if not a bit gory uh i would have kept playing it but you're right it was very weird to like the fact that reloading involved backflipping your motorcycle (laughs) that's ridiculous really it was just like it was kind of like, oh, I get one run at the enemy and if I miss and run out of bullets, especially like, it's one of those things where I feel like because it's Metroidvania, if I'd gotten deeper into it and upgraded my skills, mm-hmm. it might have started to click a bit better. But yeah, the demo, you don't really get to upgrade much and it's like the whole backflipping to reload thing is like, I've done a jump, I get one shot at killing these enemies. If I don't kill them, my gun's out of ammo, I can't reload. I just have to die and go back to the, the <laughs> checkpoint. But those are, the, those are the games I'd say that I kind of missed out on this year. And okay. I know some of them trend more towards like bigger games maybe, but maybe I'm just filling out this list. Liza, yeah. Liza P, you said double A, that's fair. I mean, but again, it's like, you know, everyone's yeah. interpretation. I sure. feel like, I, I think it's cool that that game definitely got its time in the sun, yeah. considering it is a smaller studio. Yeah. That rocks. Um, well, look, you, you brought up one of my um, honorable mentions in, okay. in your games you didn't play. So may as well do the honorable mentions before we get into the top 10. Um, Backpack Hero. Okay. That So instead of, basically you got here today and we could have hit record straight away, but I had not put any of my games in any order sure. because the, uh, the hour of time that I had to do that um, today, I instead played Backpack Hero. Right. Um, and it would feel facetious to try and squeeze it into my top 10, yeah. but that is a tremendous game. Really? Okay. <clears throat> it's so, so sick. You would love it. Yeah. It's a, look, I don't have much time in my life for roguelikes, but this is one w- which has a little bit of the like town builder sim element that, um, 
what's the like devilish animals that the animal cult, cult of the lamb right um it has a little bit of that element where like you know you're doing your, your dungeon runs then you're bringing the resources back and then you're rebuilding the town a bit like moonlighter but yes and a moonlighter i, I like i just did not connect with at all sure. this game is so fun the main conceit of of you're not battling so much as you you basically get a magical backpack um, that has, you know, when you when you first start each run, you have nine inventory slots, and that's just enough to have a shield, a sword, and a meal, which you can eat to give yourself more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, then you have a bunch, of, basically a dungeon that you traverse through. There are real time. There are sorry, um, uh, what's the RPG battle system? It is called when you're going back and forth. Oh, turn based. Turn based battles. <laughs> <laughs> you have turn based battles. I should have let that song keep going. Yeah, see yeah. where it goes. Who, knew, who knows where it went? Yeah, yeah. it could have been a hit. T Pain walks in through the door, starts, <laughs> yeah. starts doing the chorus. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but it, basically, you have like, you know, so many points of energy that you can sure. use the items in your inventory to take on different um, villains. As you defeat them, you get more backpack slots, you get more items that you need to fit in the backpack. Occasionally, you meet. Um, enemies that drop hazards that you then have to put in your backpack somehow whether that be by like getting rid of stuff in it so you can take it on or you lose like 12 points of health right um so much fun really really cool and uh just looks great music sick great game cool. backpack hero wish i could have played more but sometimes you got to save that prince of persia you of know? course he ain't gonna save himself Gunbrella is next on my list. This could have, I guess, if I yeah, when if it came down to it, I could have squeezed this into the top ten. Uh, it was one of the few Devolver games I played this year. Devolver, you know, I guess at some point during the podcast, if we were asked what's your favorite indie sure. studio, we probably would have both put Devolver certainly at a time. And, yeah. and and they still put out excellent games. And this was definitely a good game. Um, basically, you play as a dude with a. a, a he has a gun that also has an umbrella on the end of it. Yeah. So it's not quite a grappling hook, but it's you, you kind of similar thing where you use like the... It, you, it's you, a weapon that affects your traversal as well. Yeah, and you shoot yourself forward and you yeah. kind of float back down. Yeah. And from a gameplay point of view, it's awesome. It's so much fun to play, but it has a really weird story that ultimately did not work for me at all. It, yeah. I, I This is on my honorable mentions, but with a caveat of like movement only. Yeah, like the movement with the gunbrella was great. Like um, I, I liked the, I liked this so much in terms of like the playability that I played on hard. Okay, I also played a, a, a like a preview build of this game. Sure, which I was not, I was told I was not allowed to play past a certain point, and but it, I kept going did. and I let me finish the game. Wow, but uh, yeah, it's the movement's great. The combat is okay, but it is brought low by one of the jankiest ammo swapping. Like it sucks sure. to swap ammo, especially when they later on they like they started introducing enemies that could only be killed by a certain type of ammo. Yep. Every time one of them showed up, it was just me fumbling through the ammo select menu to get to the ammo that killed them essentially. And I was just it just really like bummed me out kind of thing. And you're right, the story, like there was so much there was such a base for like a richer story to be told. And the ending really didn't sit right with me. Like I watched the ending and was like, oh, I, it's so easy to improve this ending. Kind yeah, of I totally agree with you. Um, and this is, a, this is the, the studio. So it wasn't, it wasn't made by Devolver. They just published it. Was Doinksoft, it. wasn't it? Doinksoft, who made... Uh, Gato Roboto? Yes, yeah. the, the Catroidvania, yeah. um, which I thought was a really short and sweet game that like 
I don't think you could have improved on. It was like, you know, it, everything, sure. that, everything it tried to do, it did really, really well. Yeah. Um, I liked that they tried to do something bigger with this game. I just don't, didn't like the story. Yeah. This, it's, it's good to see him swing, even if they don't hit the fence kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. What else you got? Honorables. So um, something that made me appreciate Gunbrella a lot more was another uh, like story-based action adventure game with a similar mechanic where you have an, a grappling hook in your hand. This game was made by a Korean studio and the game is called Sanabi. Mm-hmm. Um, I played this after seeing videos of it. It definitely has the best um, uh, uh, pixel art. Okay. Oh, man, give me a couple of beers. I just forget what words are. <laughs> um, best pixel art that I saw this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the developer is called Wonder Potion. Um, and this is a game that like at first I was like, oh, I don't normally like, you know, a lot of dialogue in my um, in my indie, you know, action platformers. It reminded me a lot of uh, Eastwood. Do you remember that game? Yeah, Eastward, yeah. Eastward. Yeah, you know, I had uh, you know, the suburb next to Epping on my mind. Sure. Um, uh, but Eastward was like a, a gorgeous looking game that, that was yeah. just such a drag to play yeah. for me. I, I just, it, it, every time you did anything, it felt like you got like a, you know, a text-based cutscene that just went forever. Um, hey, I'm going to open another beer right now that's uh, given, what have we got? given to me a couple of years ago from, from my neighbor. I forgot I had these. I think last time I had one was last year's episode. So this is an Australian brewery, Australian pale ale. Dang. And no one tell um, my friends that I'm drinking this so close to January 26th. <laughs> um, but uh, Sanabi, yeah, it looked great. Like mechanically it played pretty well, but... The story was extremely slow mm-hmm. and I was being quite forgiving of it at first, but then it started hitting me with um, basically like, like you would get through sections of gameplay that were quite long and if you died during them, it would take you back quite away. Oh. And that's not too bad all the time. Like eventually you do get the muscle memory to get through sure. sections. That's fine. But every time you mm-hmm. died in these sections that like, you know, I would basically be playing like eight seconds of gameplay dying and then I would have to endure a 30 second loading screen. Yeah, no. And so I was just playing this on a plane and like, you know, when you realize you're sweating while you're playing a video game <laughs> and I was like, maybe I should just stop doing this to myself. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so now be a game that like, I just had to stop playing. Right. Um, I feel like, it, there is a really, really good game in this game. It's like, you know, uh, like cyberpunk, kind of like really fun. The, the main character is really cool. It's it's quite dark in parts as well, mm-hmm. but uh, it has a lot going on. A lot of people compare it to Katana Zero, but okay. Katana Zero I found so brisk in its storytelling, yeah. whereas this was just such a drag. Sure. Um, uh, Sticky Business, uh, one of the few games I played on my PC. Sticker selling. Yeah, you basically you, you you start a sticker Management company simulator. and you have to make stickers and then sell them and then use the money to make your business better. Okay. Never played one of those dumbass cozy uh, games before. Loved it. Wow. Really, really fun. Um, then uh, I have On Guard, which was a uh, it's like a three D. Uh, third oh, person yeah, yeah, yeah. game where you are you're, you're a sword lady sure um and it's set in like spain during a period of time many <laughs> years ago <laughs> that i'm it's sure set in a place uh, during a time um, but uh a time of swords it has lots of goofy dialogue but why i stopped playing this was i i it, it was a lady with a sword <laughs> never no uh no it, it was uh like 
was not optimized for Steam Deck. Right. So it crashed a lot yeah. or, or it slowed down to like, you know, two frames a second. It sucked. Um, I, it's, might, it's I might give it another shot on my actual PC, but yeah. Wild how much optimization can affect how you like. Yeah. It, when you, and you're like, oh, this is why like I've stayed away from PC gaming yeah. all this time. It's so annoying. No, I mean, I'm, I'm playing Turnip Boy Rob's Bank. Or I was playing it and it judders so much on the Switch that it's just like, I can't finish this game. I can't get past this last kind of level. But I'm like, optimize! Crisp, refreshing flavor and aroma of citrus and passion fruit from Australian Galaxy Hops. Whoa. Galaxy Hops would be a great name for an indie game. That's that's why I read it out. Um, That would be the sequel to Cluster Truck, but you're (laughs) jumping over spaceships instead. Man, I got I got quite far into that game, and then I've just hit a level. Where I was like, I, I'll, no, I'll never ever finish this no, in my entire I've life. I've jumped my last truck. Um, Bopple Battle is the last uh, the last game on my honorable mention game list. Okay. Um, Archie found out about this game. My now ten year old son. My son is fucking ten now. That's, That's fucked wild. up. Um, and uh, he was like, "Please, can we get Bopple Battle? It's B O P L Battle. Um, okay, it is a like a a party game, I guess, where you play as like a little blob." Um, and you have three different powers from a menu of like 30 different powers you can choose from um, at, before loadout. Um, and you're basically, you know, like Super Smash Brothers style trying to kill the other the other people you're playing. They're kind of like a cross between like Super Smash Brothers and Worms. Okay. I think it's on Android and PC. Right. Uh, it's really fun. Okay. And uh, I imagine it'll be a lot more fun if you play with more than just one person, especially if that one person wasn't someone that you had to not play to your best ability because sure. you'll get upset if you beat him too many times. Sure. Um, but yeah, the whole battle went hard. Okay. Cool little game. Cool. All right. My honorable mentions. So we've dealt with Gunbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two on my list are kind of vaguely thematically linked. It's Thirsty Suitors and Venba. Both of them made by uh, like teams from India. Okay. Or... or you know, unless I Google, I can't be sure. Like, South Asian culture kind of thing. Thirsty Suitors is all about this young woman, uh, young kind of bi woman who goes back to her hometown after being away for a few years. And she left with a few relationships kind of in a bad place. And so on, upon returning, she's trying to kind of like... She's back for her sister's wedding, but her sister isn't talking to her. And there are like... Five or six exes in town that she needs to make peace with, essentially. Yep. So it tackles some really heavy topics about, like, the expectations of parents in South Asian cultures and what it means to be, like, LGBTQ in those cultures, what it means to, like, navigate relationships in high school, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But does it in this really kind of colourful, over-the-top, cartoony way? Like when you go to have these conversations to make peace with these people, it takes place as a turn-based battle Mm -hmm. and you can use, like, you can inflict status effects on people, like, thirsty and you can make them angry. Like, it's just, its approach to combat is really fun and interesting. It also has, like, a whole cooking minigame section that is, like, incredible. Like, really, really good cooking minigame and it's all like authentic um indian food but prepared like you know it's like you have to chop something so you like throw the knife in the air do a backflip and then catch the knife and start chopping like it's all really over the top and that's awesome um 
I think the the it, the reason it didn't make it into my top ten list is because a I mean there are some games where it's just like I just didn't have space and this game didn't knock out anything else that was in the list already, but I think it it's very much the gulf between me as a forty year old white guy and the protagonist who was a young kind of like very Gen Z person. I was a bit like, like squashing high school beef. I'm like, I'm so far beyond that, that I don't necessarily (laughs) emotionally resonate with what she's going through. Uh, It's also like a lot of your traversal is done through skating, but the skating gets kind of annoying after a while. Cause it's not like there were times where I'm just like, can I just pick up my board and like (laughs) walk? But walking is so slow that, it's not quite struck the right balance kind of thing. But overall, like, really, really great game. And one of those games where it's like, it's great to see this culture being represented in such a really cool, really authentic way. Also, it has the best dad in a video game wow. I've ever played. Like, I love the dad from Thirsty Suitors. He's amazing. I played the Bluey game this year with my kids. How was that? Speaking of great dads. Sure. Um Game sucks ass. Okay, I'm so glad. I saw it was sixty bucks, and I'm like, Olive is, <coughs> Olive is not at an age where she. Olive with video games is I'll be playing something on the Switch while she's watching something, mm-hmm. and she will dive across the cushions, look at what's on screen, and go, "What are you watching?" And I'll tell her the name of the game because I don't want to just be like, "No, this is dad things." Don't. I'll be like, "I'm playing Turn Up Boy Robs a Bank," and she'll go, oh, "I love Turn Up Boy Robs a Bank," and I'm like. Bless your heart, that is but a, no, that, you don't. It's not bit. optimized very well. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, but anything I'm playing, she's like, I love that game. I'm like, that's God bless you, kid. But um, yeah, the Bluey game, uh, like in in the pro section, they fully got the voice cast okay. to, uh, to 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 voice everything. So it sounds like a Bluey game. Sure. Music wise, is, is is really good. It sounds like like a Bluey episode, mm-hmm. but it just it controls really badly. That you can finish everything in an hour, right? Um, and all of the like, content, like you know, like you can play like keepy uppy and stuff like that. All the the floor is lava, but it's just been it's it just reminds me of like like a licensed game on like the PS2, sure. you know what I mean? Like the or like the Simpsons game on my D- DS. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like we've we've come so far past this point. It's so frustrating to me that it was that it was made by like, I think a British development studio. Like I wish. Imagine if it was like. You know, the unpacking devs yeah. who, who are Brisbane based, sure. just like Bluey is, um, ma- made the Bluey game. I, I wish it was an Australian production, but they really like one of the biggest fumbles in Australian history is that Bluey is technically, from a merchandising point of view, a British because the BBC owns, be, yeah, yeah, owns owns the rights. Like, well, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, well, it's so lame. Nothing gets funded in Australia. Yeah, nothing sure. Good at least, yeah. Um, the second game in the same theme is Venba. So Venba tells a story of a couple who emigrate from India. I believe it's India. I could be wrong, but subcontinental. Yes, India. So these guys India. are... This is very much about like Tamil culture. Yes. So these guys, India, it's about a couple that immigrate to Canada. The last game was Sri Lankan, by the way. All um, oh, right. Seat- Seattle-based studio headed by a Sri yes, Lankan first, director. Yes, uh, something loop. Avril yeah. loop. Um, so this is, this is about a couple that emigrate from India to Canada and it kind of follows their lives uh, through various chapters where it's like when they first arrive, the trouble they have kind of finding work and assimilating into this culture they've just entered, having a kid 
and then how the, the the tension that the kid experiences of the parents trying to keep the culture they came from, but this kid trying to like fully immerse himself in the culture he's in, and then you kind of follow as the the kid grows up and becomes a person, um, and all the way through, it's each chapter is kind of anchored by a meal, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the sort of um, one of the things they like sell it on is that it's almost like the the recipe book you have is was damaged. It's your like you know playing as the 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 woman at the beginning of the game. It's your mother's recipe book, but it was damaged. So it's almost like you need to. It's a puzzle game where you need to figure out like what what the ingredient is, or what am I meant to do with this ingredient it's talking about based on the equipment I have and like how you would logically cook something like this, which is really or like that's an awesome approach to a puzzle game combined with cooking Mm. and the story it tells is like heartbreaking at times there are there were moments during this game where i was like my fucking heart has just been ripped out of my chest by what i've like what's happened i really wanted to play vember with the kids but i wasn't sure if it got too heavy for them to do that i mean i don't want to get spoilery like one of the bits i'm talking about is like the sun as an adult texts his mom and is like, Hey, I'm coming over with my girlfriend today. And so one of the longest bits of cooking gameplay is her preparing this meal for her son. And then she finishes cooking and takes a nap and wakes up when it's dark to a message from the son going, actually, I'm not going to be able to make it today. And I was just like, Oh my God, this guy is the biggest villain in a game I've played this year. Like just all wrenchingly sad. The reason it didn't make my top 10 is that, this element of it, the puzzle combined with cooking stuff, just didn't happen enough. I wanted more of it. And while I'm glad that they did do a bit of a focus on the storytelling itself, it was just that the the actual, like, where the rubber meets the road game element of it, there just wasn't enough of it for me to be like, that was incredible kind of thing. Still a great game. Still, again, this is a game where it's, like, awesome that this story gets to be told in this really interesting way, an effective way. But I wanted more of this, more of the meat of the gameplay. What else is on this list? Um, Pizza Tower. Played it last night. Not necessarily saying it's for me, but I can see that it's a really, like, interesting, well-put-together approach to that kind of game. Um, what is what kind of game is it? Like, very fast-paced platformer. Oh, I know. I just wanted to see how you describe it. It's on my top ten list, so I'm curious. Uh, it's a virtual reality dating game. <laughs> um, no, I, like I like I said, I played a bit of it last night. Played a couple of levels. Took a took a couple of runs at the boss level. Um, yeah, it's. I recognize the quality that is inherent in this game kind of thing. It You get over the frustration that comes with those first few levels as soon as you start getting extra abilities added to your repertoire of moves. See, that's the wild thing is I already, I'm already like, I have an overwhelming amount of moves here. Okay, like right. In the first couple of things. And also I'm playing it on the Xbox controller and I keep, you know, you can do a super jump where you're like racing and then you press up and you'll squat down. Yes. I keep doing that at the wrong moment and totally breaking my momentum. Great. Which is frustrating. I mean, I know that's my hands at fault, but it's I didn't put in a ton of time into this game, which is why I didn't make it into my top 10, but I still think it's worth a mention because it is obviously a really, really good game made well and made with passion kind yep. of thing. Uh, Kingdom 80s. Have you ever played any of the Kingdom games? Oh, yeah, like the... Um 
What are you, it's you like, like a building thing, yeah, one, right? You yeah, you side scroll, you kill monsters, pick up gold, and then you build like, your town kind yeah. of thing. They made a new one this year, or they released a new one this year that's set in the 80s, and you're like a kid at a, a like a, a camp, a mm-hmm. holiday camp, and you kind of like the monsters attack, and your parents are stuck in town, so you take charge, and you've got to like rally all these other kids and it's it's literally the same gameplay as the rest of the kingdom series mm-hmm. but because it had this like 80s overlay to it i was like hey this is kind of fun like yeah cool yeah gets really really grindy towards the end like the last couple of levels i'm just like i know i'm gonna beat this you're just throwing so many did the earlier kingdom games even have levels I think you moved like it was one of those things where it's like you need to go into the woods and find oh, okay, a boat, yeah, like sure. find wood for a boat, and then you build a boat and move on to the next kind of thing. <laughs> um, Punch Club Two. I mean, I loved the first Punch Club. Oh, didn't we all? Yeah, I've never heard of this series before. <laughs> uh, by Lazy Bear Games. Um, look, it's it's kind of more of the same of Punch Club. They've changed up the way that the fighting systems work in this one. It's okay. You, have, you, can, you can take your time with that beer. Don't worry sure. about it. Um, John's been take, t- talking too much, so I'm, I'm ahead of him, but don't worry. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it, it does what it does. It does it well. Mm. The story is even more over the top and weird this time. It's like set in the future and all this kind of crazy shit. Um, ends on a cliffhanger, which I was like, oh, fuck, you just finished the game, please. Um, but again, gets like a little grindy, but enjoyed it. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Caveat only for the soundtrack. So you didn't like? Have you? Have you? Did you I, have any? I, I like, never played Jet Set Radio, yeah. and I think that's what's holding me back. Is like the having nostalgia that, is that, not there. And the nostalgia in the game. The soundtrack's great. It's awesome. But a lot of the time during the game, I was just like, "This is a not great skating game." Like just like there were bits where it's like. Because you know you did you play it? No. Okay, but there's so there's bits where you like you pick up extra tags, but the tag is like it's represented as like a two dimensional thing, and you have to be so exact to pick it up that I got hair tearingly frustrated trying to like repeatedly running this thing to like try get it, and it just as a skate like it's kind of like oh there's score attack bits, but you can only do four moves kind of thing, and then. It just gets repetitive and kind of... But the soundtrack is great. Um, Gumbrella we talked about. Finally, it came out... Full version came out this year, even though it's been out in early access for a while. World of Horror. Right. That's that like... Yeah, I bought that on PC, like or on Mac, yeah. like years ago. I never played it. Yeah, it's the black and <laughs> black and white HP Lovecraft. Junji, it's on Switch now Junji, too, right? Yeah, it came out on Switch. Junji Ido. Junji Ido-esque um, horror yeah, game. Yeah, where it's like you play a character in a town that is... Slowly haunted. sinking into madness as the old gods wake up, and you've got to kind of investigate cases to stop what's happening. Um, I wonder what I bought that on. If it's on Steam, I just get if I went back to it, I just get the the updated version, right? You'd maybe I don't know if you have to specifically buy Macintosh or PC versions on Steam, or if it's just like you have access to the game, whatever yeah. system you're on. Um, it's a good game. It's fun. It's tough. It's real tough, and it can be frustratingly tough. It's essentially a roguelite, um, but damn those Junji Ito esque uh, illustrations. Yeah, horrifying as hell. That's it. That's my special mentions. Do you have any dishonorable mentions? Um, 
I don't know. I guess no, not really. I, I forgot. I left out. I realized I forgot to, to talk about one game. Go. A game I played on my phone. Ooh. Shout out to phone games. Roto Force. Okay. Which was available on uh, on phones and PC. Um, and it's a twin stick bullet hell shooter. Ooh. You can play the first like three quite long levels for free. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pay like six bucks or whatever to get the rest of the game. Highly recommend it. Love that model of, uh, of like, you know, I guess having just said that, that I don't have time for demos. Sure. But this is like a, uh, I, I like unlocking the full game for a small amount of money. Sure. I think it's a, it's a cool model. You'd love it. It's really, okay. really fun. Interesting. <clears throat> Amazing graphics and, um, and really satisfying gameplay loop. You have, it basically it's like you, you're, you can move around a circle, right? And all the enemies okay. are, are yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of the circle. And then you, you, you can like shoot from one side of the circle to the other. And, and it, it rules. So okay. much fun. Roto Force. Roto Force. So I have three. Damn. Three dishonorable mentions. Well, look, since we're about to talk about games you don't like, I'm yeah. going to open a beer I don't like. Right. <clears throat> this, game, this beer has been sitting in my fridge for three years. It's a Peach Berliner Wies beer. And I think we had one last year and we both agreed it was disgusting. So cool. welcome, welcome back here, buddy. Great, great to know I'm the garbage bin that you are pouring <laughs> this beer into, Levins. I have three. I have one that I genuinely dislike. Yep. Like with, with my whole heart. Holy shit. And the other two, I'm just like, you just didn't hit the mark in a way that left me kind You blew of, it. Yeah, you blew it kind of thing. First one, this is the one that I absolutely really dislike. Oxenfree 2. Mm. And this oh. is... <laughs> Fuck, this beer sucks. See, oh. he hates Oxenfree yeah. 2 just as much as I do. Um, I say this as someone who loved the first Oxen Free. Hold on, I got to try this. It's not that bad. No, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh yeah, no. It's a bad sour. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got a, we've got a glass of this to polish down. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, I say this as someone who loved Oxen Free One. Oxen Free One fucking ruled. It was so well done. Oxenfree 2, it's like they took everything about Oxenfree 1 and went, no, let's flip it to the other... Like, let's flip the switch so it's the opposite of what it was. Like, one thing I loved about Oxenfree 1 is as you're exploring this island, you're never quite sure what you're going to do next. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's like, oh, we have to turn on three transmitters on this island. So you always know... Your burps are funny. I, I'm going to laugh at your burps. <laughs> um, it's like you need you to... You burp with your whole body. It rules. It's like incredible. It's, burp, a, it's a gift. I burp with my soul, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, in this game, it's like you've got to turn on three transmitters. So you're already, like, your journey's already mapped out. You know what you're doing over the course of the oh, game, right, which takes sure. away that great, like, oh, fuck, what next kind of thing. Your companion, like, in the first game, you can choose between two companions to come with you, one of whom is really annoying, but... It's like a 15, 16 year old boy who are just annoying. It's acceptable. Your companion in this second game is a 30 year old guy and he is like nails down a blackboard annoying and you have no option but to be with him for the whole game. And like the final decision you have to make and I really don't want to spoil... Do I want to spoil it? No, I hate no, this no, game no, so much. No, no, no. The final decision you have to make is such a no-brainer that I'm like, why are you presenting this as some kind of climactic moment in the game? Like, of course I'm going to choose 
this <coughs> character for this thing because you've set the entire game up around that. Just absolutely left a bad taste in my mouth playing this game. Like, it just... Real bad. Second, which is not a, like, I hated this game. It's just a, like, man, you missed the mark in a way that kind of rubbed me wrong. It's a game called Bonson Knights. So it's this series called Pixel Pulps. There's Mothman 1966, Varney Lake, and then the newest one is Bonson Knights. And they're all ostensibly horror games. They play kind of like visual novels. It's very much like, you know, you hear a blood-curdling scream in the woods. Do you run left or run right? And if you say run right, it might be like, well, the vampire got you. But if you run left, like you survive and the, the, the game continues. And I'm doing a very... Blah. Blah. <laughs> Um, it's a very simplified version of, you know, I'm simplifying the kind of gameplay a lot to get the point across, but that's sort of what it was. And there's little like mini games in it that you can play. I've played, uh, Mothman 1966 or is it Mothman Chronicles or something like that. That was pretty good. Bit of a, bit of a weird story, but you know, entertaining. I went into Barson Knights with really high hopes because it's like the story of the game is you're an undercover agent who is infiltrating a cult, um, a, a religious cult that, uh, you know, set in um, a region of America that has a ton of tornadoes. Mm -hmm. And the leader of this cult thinks that hell is above us, not below. And tornadoes are the way of, like, the devil taking people up to hell. So you perform road exorcisms or highway exorcisms in a bunch of Ford Cortinas to oh, like... Man, and the graphics look so good too. Yeah, like it's great. The thing is, the game gets so bogged down with the secret agent just wanting to be back with his wife and daughter. Right. And I'm just <laughs> like, no, don't tell me this. Like, get, dive into this cult. Show me more about this cult and like what's going on and where these beliefs come from and all this kind of stuff. Like... But every chapter of this starts with the main character being like, oh my God, I miss my wife and kids so much. Like, do I just give in and, you know, go home to them and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, shut the fuck up and find out what's happening with this cult. So that just, that disappointed me. For, for the record, anyone who wants to play it after John's glowing review. B-A-H-N-S-E-N. -E yeah. Barnson. Yeah. Incredible looking. Um, oh, the graphics was... Graphics are fantastic. The pixel art on it's amazing. Um, just, they really boned the story up, basically. Final game on my Dishonorable Mansion. Did that only just come out? Uh, yes. So it's technically a 2024 oh, game. Oh, is it just? Yeah, oh, good shit. Okay. <laughs> good forget, job. Forget Barnson. <laughs> that's nice amazing. <laughs> Can you edit that bit into the no, next no, no. year's Oh, yeah, of course. Next yeah, yeah, that's episode? fine. I think it just, it was coming out for so long. And this podcast, we're recording on the 28th of January. No, it's great. You've, 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 you've taken some, uh, some, some work out of, out of next year's episode right. for yourself. The final one. And again, this is not like Oxen Free where I like super hated it. It's just, I, it, it missed the mark to a point where it was disappointing. Knuckle Sandwich. Oh, damn. Yeah. Real disappointed to have to say that. It bums me out. The, the issue I had with it was the combat. The combat is just inscrutable. I can't, like, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or if there's something wrong with the game, but it just felt like I'm equipping these weapons with really high stats and doing no damage to my enemies kind of thing. 
Like, there are some enemies like mice that I'm, like, wiping off the screen. But what feels like it should be an enemy that I should be able to handle fairly easily, I'm doing two points of damage to whenever I do an attack. This is a turn-based combat yes. RPG, but but it's kind of similar to Undertale in that you are doing it's stuff mi- there's to... There's games for each sure. kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just, like... It's one of those things where it's like I feel like when my when my equipment gets better, my next combat encounter should reward me with like you wiped the floor with that guy. But it was always like no, just a slog and then I'd be hit with a special character that would take 10 to 15 minutes of battling to take down. And when it's turn-based using the same minigames over and over again, it's like, oh, I'm, this is just boring me at this point. Sure. Like, either, either the minigames... And there's nothing necessarily wrong with the minigames, but like I said, after 10 minutes, you're like, okay, I've played the same thing over and over again. But if I'm not getting that like, ooh, I did big damage to that guy, hell yeah, kind of thing, then it's like, well, I'm just... I'm, I'm, you know, my enthusiasm is scraping the road as I try to play this sure, game. Sure, yeah. The story itself is like weird in a delightful way and very fun. I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed similar in a way to Golf Story, where it's like not explicitly in Australia, but there's enough nods to Australia that you're like, oh, I feel that sense of like, sure. hey, I walk past those post boxes all the time and those are the bins I put my garbage <laughs> in that like those little kind of things it's just I was like this goddamn combat has like I didn't I, I just put it down I was like mm, I'm done here how many hours in do you reckon you got <sighs> like somewhere between five to ten okay wild yeah. what a bummer yeah absolutely like and for a game that we've been excited about you know and like you said has a deep history in all the small games in our friendship you know, playing it when we went to PAX in Melbourne and keeping breath Which is so long ago. I know. Wild, right? Um, yeah, it just bummed me out getting to play the game. It's like 2017. Like, oh. Yeah, I think 2017 or 2018. Bonkers. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my dishonorables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we've been recording for over an hour. We are four beers in. Good um, and this uh, is, Hopefully, this is the rock bottom. This uh, peach Berliner Weiss. Shout out to Peach Sauce. You suck. Yeah. By Sauce Brewing Co. I mean, oh I, that's a good name for a brewery. Should take a photo of us before we hit the top ten. Sure. Should this be? The, we'll decide if this if this should be the. Should do a before the top ten and after the top ten selfie. The selfie taker always looks like shit. I have to say, like, shout out I, to. I cannot take selfies. You've got a beard that covers up the weird thing a chin does when you try and take a selfie, though. I think she said I had a beer, and I'm like, I'm holding the beer here. What weird chin thing do I have? That- no, no, no. It was in, like, my weird... Like, you know, like, when, oh, when, you, yeah, when, you, yeah, bunch, yeah. when you bunch your neck up. Yeah. Anyway. My beard looks great. The rest of my face looks like trash. Nah, get out of here. All right. Is this it? It is this it. <laughs> and now we just play the Strokes album in its entirety. That would be so sick. Um, but instead, we're going to do our best indie games of 2023. Yes. Uh, who's going to start? Uh, your house, you start. Okay. I can't argue with that. Number 10. Number 10 um, is me totally cheating. Uh, this is, and I've kind of categorized each of, my, each of my numbers. Sure. So not only is this number 10, fuck? but this is also the games that I did not finish, the puzzle games that I did not finish, not because I'm stupid, but because I did not have the time to finish them. So this is a tied 
the only tie of my of my top ten. Don't worry, this is not going to be me cheating the entire <laughs> top ten. But number ten for me is Cocoon and Viewfinder. Heavy. Okay. Cool. Uh, Cocoon is, I guess, like the same lineage of uh, of developers who at some point worked on uh, beloved games of ours, including uh, Inside and Limbo. Limbo. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really special game where you play as like a fucking alien that like goes from... Basically, you, you, you find these little spheres and the sphere, when you put it in a, a spot, you can it, it, the sphere opens up a new world and then you travel to the new world but then you can bring back another sphere from that world to the same world that you're in to begin with. And you've got two spheres. And those are both gateways to new worlds. And it is a very cool, fun, rewarding puzzle game that I think I was just never in the mood for overall. Okay. But I recognize its greatness. Um, I think were I in the mood to just smash through this in one day, it would be higher up on my list for sure. Sure. But instead, it is... Uh, at number 10, a respectful number 10. Cool. I imagine it's a bit higher up on your list. It, it pops up. Um, Viewfinder. Viewfinder is... Uh, Same deal? Viewfinder fucking rocks. Yeah? So, so good. But I played it with my son and we, he hyped this up so much in his head and then just wouldn't let me play it. And so, I basically, my, my gaming experience of Viewfinder is I only get to play it when he is too frustrated with a puzzle um, and I, I, you know, solve the puzzle for him. Right. But it's great. Basically, the way you solve puzzles in this game is that you have um, uh, basically any time you find a, a picture, like a photo, a Polaroid in a level, it's a 3D, you know, first person space. You hold the, the Polaroid up in front of the camera and then you can set it in front of you and suddenly it becomes part of the level, mm-hmm. part of the background. You can walk onto the platform that was in the photo or you can use it to like break through a fence or a wall to get into a space that you went into before you can use it to create duplicates of things that will help you solve the greater puzzle in the level really fun um i just for me i kind of i wish there was more of a engaging story with viewfinder or something like that i don't know if i don't even like a big story guy but it just presents itself as like a bunch of like random levels to me. There's a brilliant moment early on in the game, which I think you may have experienced in the demo where um, you start making copies of one of the photos and it starts glitching over and over again. And then suddenly everything around you like goes like, and it turns out you're in a simulation. Right. Is no, that no, the no, demo? No, that's okay. The demo. Well, this is very early on in the game. Sure. And then you ha- you're like the person that you're talking to is like, Oh, if you could just try and reboot everything, that would be great. And then you do, and then you go back, and then you can solve the puzzle again. So then I liked that that gave you context for what you were doing. Okay. But uh, yeah, there's, I, I just, there was nothing to really grab me in Viewfinder besides an, an awesome idea. Not as good as Portal, obviously, but like, you know, it's in that same sure, sure, sure. ilk of like very clever puzzle game yeah. it remind, ideas. It like, reminds me a little bit of Superliminal. And so, no, I hated that game, bro. Right, okay. Well, no, wait, no, did I hate that game? Which is the one that was fucking um, narrated by um, the Jurassic World chick? The Jurassic, like Bryce yeah, Dallas yeah. Howard? Yeah, yeah. I don't think this was narrated. I don't think Superliminal okay, was Okay, I'm, I'm confusing it. There was one, no, it was right. Maquette. Oh, yeah, no, no. Oh, no, fuck Maquette. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Superliminal, I guess, is kind of. Oh, no, not really. Like, Superliminal is the one that plays with forced perspective. So it's like, oh, here's a tiny, here's a 
tiny rectangle on the ground, but if I hold it in this way, it becomes a gigantic board that spans a chasm. Okay, yeah, sure. Like a little bit like Viewfinder. But again, for me, the story was a letdown. Like I felt like it was building somewhere weird and then it just turned into this like message of like mental health positivity at the end of the game. And I'm like, no, don't. (laughs) Anyway, good to like, I still want to take a swing at Viewfinder. It's killer. It's so good. Everyone who likes puzzle games will love it. I hope it comes to Switch. Otherwise, I'll just give it and play it on my PC at some point. Yeah. Like it's on my it head. looks gorgeous. Yeah. That's why I would say try and play it on a TV. Um, side note, what do you think is the more respectful way of describing Bryce Dallas Howard? Um, Jurassic World chick or Ron Howard's daughter? The more respectful way? Yeah, yeah. Probably, oh, look, that's tough. Because the chick in Jurassic Park chick's kind of like a put down. But at least it it sets her apart from just being someone's daughter. Yeah. Map cunt? Can she, <laughs> can she whistle or hum? Yeah. Is map cunt let's available? Let's see, let's see. Um, all right, my number 10, Fading Afternoon. Cool, mine's a little bit higher up on this. Figured, figured as much. Oh, you know what, it's my number nine. So oh, let's, let's, let's both just, talk about it let's now. Let's combo it. Um, my fucking, our fucking boy, Yao. Yeah. Like... The, the man whose Twitter presence is like Walter Matthau's face. Like... He is he is the most self depreciating developer publicly, like just like grumpiest, bitchiest developer hate, on Twitter. Hates game dev, but continues to do it for some reason. Every month is like I will never make another game. He'll be like, <laughs> I, he'll like, I just made the best game, but I've deleted it because I hate gaming. Yeah, and like every and just constantly threatens that he's going to quit. He like I hope that he is. You know, has someone a good support network, sure. 100%. Or, or like great medication, something like that. Yeah, I imagine Russia is not a great place to be in no. at, at this point in time. Uh, but look, this is the guy that gave us um, uh, previous extremely high up yeah. uh, on my list many years ago. The friends of R- Ringo Ishikawa, Arrested one of the great Stone indie Butter. games in my point, in, in my yeah. opinion. And I think he hates that people like that game. Really, I think that he's like everyone always compares my games to that one, but that game actually sucks, and all the other games I made are much better than. It. I think he got really, really burned because people eventually realized what a beautiful game Ringo Ishikawa was. And I don't think the same thing happened with the rest of a stone Buddha, which is again, I think he's still from like, you know, reading his many, many angry tweets about gaming, uh, which I also appreciate sure. regardless of how like much I disagree with him. I, I love that someone is as candid as he is. Oh, on 100%, social media. Yeah. Um, but like, I think is he's, I don't know if he likes that game out of spite for the fact that not many other people like, you know, connected with it in the same way they did for Ringo Ishikawa, but like, yeah, he has, he has a lot of uh, thoughts about his own games, about other people's games. Um, and Fading Afternoon is uh, him returning to uh, the kind of like semi-fighting game in the, in the same vein of, uh, as... Um, Ringo Ishikawa. Or no, Kini Okun before that. The, uh, okay. What's it called? Uh, River City Ran- Ransom. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. that, that, that kind of fighting game, like, you know, 8-bit... Eight, uh, sure. 2D, 2D yeah. fighter um, with with the kind of like life sim management except this time instead of being a student you are a uh, uh, member of the Yakuza who gets out of jail and is sick yes you have a persistent cough um, that you know brings up blood when it happens and I think leans it leans into the the name of the game that like this is this is not a game that necessarily ends in triumph. You you are you are working to a schedule that is not your own, and it's what you do with the time you have that matters. So there are multiple endings in this game. Yeah, 
um, I think that the way this game presents itself is really unique in, in a way that like only this developer has done. I love the, the map and the way you get from location to location via a train. Mm. And, it, you know, you have a cut scene of you on a train just waiting to get to the next destination. You don't instantly like yes. appear there. Um, I've gotten two endings. Okay. One of them, um, someone shot me in the head on a train. I couldn't do anything to stop it. Right. Because I pissed off too many people. Sure. Um, and then the other one, I died in my sleep. Right. <laughs> Are they the good endings? <laughs> I don't know. But... I think this is like, I, I wrote about this game in my top 10 for Concrete Playground. And I, I start by saying like, auteur is a, is a term that is not thrown around a lot in gaming. But I think it really applies to Yeo because he just makes these games that are so unapologetic in how he wants to present them. Mm-hmm. Like, it is like a, a game where you can, like, one of the endings is you die in your sleep. That's fucking wild. No one's doing that. Like, yeah. But he is just like, no, this is this is how this works. I, I, I went to hospital so many times, I wound up dating the nurse. Yeah, like, yeah. There's just so many, like, it's so beautiful that there are so many, like, little gaming moments that are emergent, and he doesn't steer you towards them. You just have to play and find them. Like, it, it has... The only thing, really, that has a tutorial in any part of this game is the fighting. And I gotta... Look, I gotta shout out the fighting. The fighting is actually surprisingly deep in this game. Oh, no, he's he's he's, he's great phenomenal at, doing, at mechanics. He's great at doing this kind of stuff. And I think his dad does a lot of the sprite art yeah. in his games as well. Like, Which yeah. is great. Like, just... It's one of those games where it's like, this game is very clearly not for everybody... But if you're willing to open your mind and just mess around and like don't don't have an expectation of like, oh I have to make the most money to win or whatever. Like do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, in this live game. live your life in this yeah. game and like try and figure out what the I guess yeah, I got caught in the, with, my, with my first run of this game. I guess in is this a roguelike? You know what I mean? No, like, I mean the hilarious thing as well is there's no like restart. Oh no, there is. No, there is. You, have to, is. you have to shoot yourself in the head to yeah. restart the game. To 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 get a new to restart your game, you have to yeah, just you commit take out a gun suicide. and commit suicide. Incredible, okay, brilliant. Yeah, totally, like not even being ironic or sarcastic here. Brilliant, but That's like so fucking you good. know, it's going to piss off so many people. Oh, 100%. But this is what he, the game he yeah, wants to make. Exactly, he doesn't make this his games for other people. No, he, he makes them for himself. He makes them outside, which I find hilarious that. He makes games outside the expectation of commercial success. He makes it success. He makes games very much. He makes the games he wants to make, but then he gets so pissed off that people don't enjoy them. Yeah, it rules. It's just so <laughs> weird. Like fantastic. I like. He's he was angrily going like, I have to like, I contractually have to port this to Switch, and then I'm never putting anything on Switch ever again. I'm like, no, that's where I have the best experience with your games. Like. But then again, like you say, he's threatened to quit game development so many times and hasn't done that. Yeah, I would like him to just, you know, yeah, I guess maybe put stuff on on, on on Steam, see how it does, Bro. and then use that money Bro. to go on. Yeah. Give him the Bluey game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be what would, so I, funny. I'm like, I'm trying to think of a bit to riff on and I can't think of anything. <laughs> like, it's like, it, I, I, what, would, what would his Bluey game be? <laughs> No a idea. Russian man who wishes he was Japanese making it a game about a stra- an Australian dog. Yeah. 
That would I, that's my it's, dream. It's so far beyond what yeah. what anything. That would be so funny to find out. Uh, anyway, so that was my ten and your nine. Yes. Uh, so it's I guess it's my nine now. Nine time. Uh, number nine for me is Jusant. Oh, this is like the rock climbing game. Yes. Um, so this is one of those games that again is like the developers were like, we're not indie. And it's like, but this is a fucking like, this is very clearly an indie style game. Um, the developers don't nod the people that made like life is strange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Which I'm like, that's a fucking indie game. You idiots. Is it? I, I mean, look, the problem is we're talking about a genre of game based on. I, li- I love indie games and I'll never play that game in a million years. Oh no, <laughs> fucking, I will not touch life is strange. I don't care. But Jusant. So Jusant is a game where you play a young boy. You start like it starts with you walking across a desert and like the desert is littered with shipwrecks. So you're like, okay, very clearly this used to be an ocean here. Making your way to this huge rock pillar that rises up in the distance. When you get to the rock pillar, you start to climb. And as you climb, you make your way through all these like abandoned settlements from people who clearly used to live on this pillar of rock and as you climb the settlements actually change in style and like what they do in that kind of thing picking up notes along the way that give you a little bit of flavor of like what happened here and basically there used to be an ocean but as the tide receded people moved further and further and down this rock pillar until they eventually started having to like journey into the desert to find water to survive you were climbing up for initially some unscrutable reason, inscrutable reason. I, this game, the exploration in this game was great. The way it tackled rock climbing was great. Like, I know that it's not necessarily a, a, a way of moving that games generally go for all that much. I know Uncharted had some like climbing stuff to it kind of thing. I think the way that, that is like, yeah, I mean, like it, climbing in the sense that it's like, yeah, you, you just like hold you the, point a direction and you, kind yeah, of, and, yeah. And, press, and jump a bunch, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not difficult, not super climbing. This one is like the triggers control your hands, your, the grip of your hands, and then your, the joystick controls where your hands go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is spent sort of figuring out how am I getting up this section of cliff? Um, how am I getting up this section of cliff? Um, they they throw in a bunch of different like mechanics to it. Like there are little creatures that look like rocks that kind of crawl along the cliffs. So you can like grab onto one and start. It'll carry you up, but only for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then it'll stop because you're too heavy. So you got to keep switching between them. Like the way it flips up the mechanics to keep the, the climbing interesting is great. Um I mean, look, it's one of those games where you are moving through a strange environment, finding notes from people that help you unpick what the full story is. That's my shit. I love that shit. I love that kind of storytelling. The reason it's not higher is because it does make some interesting choices in terms of, like, climbing routes, like... It'll be like, oh, this... Like, I can see a route going off that way and a route going off the other way. But then when you get to your destination, you're like, oh, both of those routes just went to the same place. Like, why not just have a single linear route that's more difficult rather than making me choose between the two? Sure. Um, but overall, yeah. I, uh, like, 
a great semi sort of oh yeah one of my other issues was when you get to these settlements it can be a little bit like give me more storytelling like it's great to have the storytelling but a lot (laughs) of it is like i'd get to an area that was size of like fairly big and have to like i would just run around and be like am i missing any notes here like give me something that draws me towards it and and helps me find the note kind of thing Mm -hmm. but otherwise just a really great kind of like almost meditative at parts gaming experience that was just super enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, number eight for me is the aforementioned Pizza Tower. There we go. Um, a, uh, I guess a spiritual successor to the Wario Land games, which Nintendo have not made one of in like, God, nearing 30 years at this Jesus. point. Wario Land 4 is a Game Boy Advance game that came out in the late... 90s or early 2000s mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's been a long time um but uh in pizza tower you play a uh, as a chef whose name is uh pepino pepino what pizza pepino spaghetti oh really yeah <laughs> that's so good um and uh yeah it's a platformer game who's the developer the development team is tour de pizza <laughs> um but their alias <laughs> that is just means pizza tower Perfect. McPig and Sertif are the, okay. the names of the programmer and the developer. But they are... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is, this is a, a Patreon-backed game. I remember seeing, like, artwork and videos about this game years ago as people were talking about, like, these, like, you know, spiritual successes to, to what the Wario platformers, which I'm a massive fan of. Mm-hmm. Wario in general, probably my favorite Nintendo character of all time. And uh, what's famous about the Wario Land 4 game is that you make your way through the level and then something bullshit happens and you have to speed all the way back as fast as you can. And so Pizza Tower takes that idea and built an entire game around it. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah, you, you uh, it's a game about like making your way to the end and then racing as quickly as you can back to the beginning again. Um, I have not finished this game. I think I've only played like six or seven of the 20 levels mm-hmm. um, just because I got it. It was the first game I downloaded on my Steam Deck and I was not used to the, the system yet. You know, I, like, and you were too busy playing, brother, can you spare a game? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's an, an enormously good game, especially from a uh, design standpoint. I mm-hmm. love how ridiculous um, all of the illustrations and characters and designs are. They look like they were made in MS Paint. I love the posing. <clears throat> yeah. The posing is so fun. And I love that they made a Wario-like character who is entirely his own character. Yeah. Um, Pepino Spaghetti. There's one D- of the greats. There's DLC coming out for it where you play the villain. Okay. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Pizza Tower, it rocks. It's my number eight game of the year. John, there you go. what's yours? My number eight of the year is Blasphemous 2. Damn. Mm. So, obviously, big fans of Blasphemous here. We love us some fucked up Spanish Catholicism. Um, great to see the second... <coughs> game, like, great to see it becoming potentially a series? Question mark around the, like... I think there's a little post-credit thing. For me, look, this is much higher on my list. Of course. It was a refinement of everything the first game tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in doing that maybe it sands off a few of the grittier edges that made it really, really cool. But I think overall, I think it's a much better game. Than what? The first one? Than the first one. Okay, yeah. I 
<laughs> than Jacent. Oh, no, I think it'd be like, it deserves to be higher on your list. You, no, got, no, you no. got this wrong, John. <laughs> Podcast over. Um, look, I I love that they folded in some real classic Metroidvania stuff with the double jump and the air dash. I I love that that really opened up traversal. Particularly with like with a Metroidvania, one of the things is you're 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 backtracking a lot in a mm-hmm. Metroidvania. You're revisiting areas that you've been to before to uncover secrets as you kind of unlock, you know, various powers to manipulate the environment around you. One thing that can be frustrating with that is, okay, all the enemies are back again. I got to fight my way through. But with the with the double jump and the air dash you just waltz through enemies like it was it really was a breath of fresh air in terms of like getting around the map again similar to hollow knight or ori in the blind forest suddenly the movement became the penitent one became a lot more flexible yeah he was slow as fuck in the he, first game yeah he really just plotted along yeah um and it also really opened up combat as well like it gave you a number of different ways to face the enemies you were up against the story is just like the first one, I don't know what the hell's going on half the time. That's fine. I don't play these games for the story. So. Some baby with wings is angry at me. I don't know what's going on. What the hell? Um, there's the woman that like peels her skin off the more you... you got to give this game best NPCs in a game... Fucking insane like, NPCs. No one, no one gets... Like, it, it was so gross. Meaning, yes. so, did you meet the, the bee guy? Yes. And he, and he gives you a... Like an amulet or yeah. like a charm thing, and then if you equip it and use it too much, it breaks. And you go back and visit him again, and then he gives you another one. And the more you go back and visit him again, the more decayed he gets. Yes. Did you meet the wax guy? Yes. With the I wax met, seeds. I met all of them. They're all disgusting. It's fucking so sick. So great. So like, it's like Catholicism and a heavy metal album cover had a baby in terms of like story and aesthetic. One thing, and I know that this is probably a really small thing and it didn't bother you as much, but it bothered me heaps. One of the edges they sanded off was one of my favourite things about the first one, which was the executions. Sure. Yeah, I get that. It bummed me out. And I, like... So basically what John's talking about is if you, uh, you, you get an enemy down to a certain amount of health, occasionally it would come up with a... They'd start uh, flashing. Exactly, and it would be like you, you, if you if you go above them and you hit a, hit X or whatever, you would perform an execution, and it would be like a very animated, like incredibly but incredibly gory sure. animation where you killed them. Mm-hmm. Like I think in the first game, there were ones where you would like one enemy, you would like cut their face off. And then slit their stomach open and their entrail, like, you would see the face meat behind the face and <laughs> their guts would fall. Just bonkers violent. In the second one, and I kind of get... I, I get the logistic reasons of it because Blasphemous 2 is a much bigger game than the first yeah, one. Yeah, I, th- I think it was like we can either hire a team to animate that, you know, eight-second gory kill yeah. or we can hire a team to make an entire new level. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, they well, went for the second one. They flattened out, and so the 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 executions in this one is you just you have like the power to grow tree roots or something in this game. You are you are, you are Groot. Yes. <laughs> so it's like a bell appears over them, and you 
put tree roots in the bell and like crush them to death. Only for some some enemies have unique executions. But enemies that were carried over from the first game have unique oh, executions. I see, right? Which they've carried over from the first game. New enemies just have this tree standard root. execution. Shit. Okay. This is not to say I did not enjoy Blasphemous. It was fucking great. It just bummed me out that they that 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 little special thing about it. And I, because I replayed the first Blasphemous before Blasphemous Two came out, just to prepare. And they changed some buttons, so muscle memory really huh. fucked me over when I played the second one. I kept wasting um, health potions because they changed the health. Potion yeah, right. That's crazy. Else. But um, yeah, just playing that first one again and being like, oh yeah, he's flashing. Let's do this. Oh my god! Like I threw him in the air and impaled him on my sword, and then just like. Swooshed the sword and threw him aside like he was nothing. Fuck yeah! And then the second one, I'm like, oh, I squeezed him in the bell again. Cool. Yeah. Like, but that is not to. I, uh, being number eight doesn't mean it was a terrible game. I know this is. Well, is it your only criticism of it? Um. <laughs> yes. But, okay, that's amazing. I love that. That's great. It's that's not the reason it's down there. It's the the games that are above it are just mm. for some reason or another enjoyed more. But I loved Blasphemous too. It was great and like. Like I said, like I hinted at, there's. I think it's post credit, but I have hope that there will be a Blasphemous three. Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, why not? This team is onto something, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. So we're now at number seven. Wait, remind me what was your number eight? Pizza Tower. Hey. Pepino Spaghetti. Pepino Spaghetti. Um. So we're going from uh, uh, Italian stereotypes <laughs> I to. Was is Pizza Tower offensive to Italians? I think you're allowed to be offensive to Italians. Sure. As, a, as an Irish, <laughs> Irish Australian, uh, you are. Um, it's like the last thing you're allowed to be, right? Sure. Maybe like white South Africans you're allowed to make fun of? Uh, 100%. <laughs> um, but I'm going to talk about a game called Tevi. Tevi is uh, a game which was made by uh, a bunch of different developers. Cree Spirit, C-R-E Spirit, who previously made a game called... Uh, Ra- Ribby Rabby or Rings a Bell or Rabby Ribby, which you play a big tittied rabbit uh, in a hack and slash adventure. Uh, well, they took that big tittied rabbit and they <laughs> gave her her own Metroidvania game. Hot damn. Where, but this is like a bullet hell Metroidvania okay. where you play as a big tittied rabbit and it's <laughs> anime as hell. Um, it is like potentially embarrassing as hell to play in public transport. But I do it anyway. Sure, that's what makes me cool. Um, <laughs> I cannot tell you a fucking millisecond of, of of lore or story from this from this game, but it is so good to have a that combine. Like, you, you, there are so many ways you can level up your specs, and you thought I was going to say boobs, didn't you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just thinking it's not the size of the rabbit in the fight; it's the size of the tits on yeah. the rabbit in the fight. Uh, no, yeah, it's a, look. It's it's a it's a weird furry game. With an enormous amount of re- re- mechanics, okay, and like a huge map, and like it's all—I don't know. It, this is—it's—it's—it's it's, it's overwhelming how much there is to do in this game. Sure, um, it's called Tevi, T-E-V-I, um, and yeah, you, you like you go up against other characters. Like you know, the boss fights will take ten minutes Damn. of you guys just like you dodging. Constantly, you have like a, a slash, like so hack and slash, but then you also have a projectile mm-hmm. that you can flick between. So, like a fire one, an ice one, a water one. 
um, and they all have different abilities and cooldowns and there's just so many mechanics you have to keep an eye on while playing this game. Wow. Like so much depth. Like, And I feel like if you, if you look at a, a picture of what this game looks like, you're like, yeah, that game looks like... <laughs> it's... Yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, this game fucking rocks. That aesthetic just leaves me cold. Yeah, I get that. I, I'm, I'm not even... I'm, I, I, you know... Just, I like my rabbits untitted. Sure, I own a rabbit and I have a wife and never shall the two <laughs> no, meet. <never. laughs> but in spite of, yeah, the aesthetics that, yeah, I agree, do not very little for me too. This game is so much I fun mean, to play. I mean, just generally, like whenever there's a Steam Next Fest, there is always just a, a vast amount of games that look similar to that. And it's just... It's like this like vaguely steampunk, horny, anime, furry yes. combo. It just... I, I gloss over them because I'm like, there's nothing happening in there that could be interesting to me. This is not to say that mechanically this, Tevi sounds really this interesting. This game makes fun of itself for okay. that. So you, your father character made you the way you are and you roast him for making you the way right. you are. It's really strange. Okay. But it rules. It's so much fun. I, I, I regret that I haven't been able to put more time into it and finish it. Mm-hmm. But um, what I've played of it so far is good enough for it to be number seven. Quick quick question about your top ten list. How much of your top ten have you finished? Uh, more than 50%. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've rolled credits on one, two, three, four, five, five of my ten. Cool. What about you? Nine. Nine. Good job, yeah. man. Good job. Yeah. You've got one kid. I've got two kids. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. Now you know what your future holds. Should you choose to walk this path? <laughs> Ugh, just starts punching himself in dick on podcast. All right. My number seven. Uh-huh. It's a game called Chance of Sanar. C H A N T S. I heard about this one. Is it yeah. like based on like linguistics or something? Or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the basic idea of this is. No. <laughs> Talk about the big tittied rabbits, you <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> so you play a character with mammoth cans. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, Chance of is it's a puzzle game. You play a character who has to make his way up a tower. Each level of this tower has a different kind of settlement or civilization living on it. All of these civilizations speak different languages. It is very much a puzzle about learning a language based on it's duolingo the game basically you're trying to learn a language based on like context conversations you have clues in the environment that kind of thing it is you know and it tells an overarching narrative that's kind of tower of babylon-esque like if you if you if you're up on your biblical stuff it's just so rewarding to unlock these languages bit by bit and like go back and um you know as you as you figure out more words go back to conversations you had previously and be like oh my god i understand more of this now like and then when you go to the next level connecting the dots between the language you just learned the language you're trying to learn and english just becomes this really sort of rewarding challenge of like who am I going, where, you know, who am I talking to, what am I looking at kind of thing. Especially as you get higher up in levels, it starts folding in like grammar. So whereas the previous civilization might be like, 
you know, the way they write plurals, you know, they'll have like a specific character for plurals. The next civilization, plural might just be saying the same word twice kind of thing, like having to kind of work out, you know, what's changed in terms of the way each of these groups of people approach language. There are there are certain puzzles in the game where you're trying to help two people from these different civilizations talk to each other over like a chat kind of window. And that really taxes you of thinking like, fuck, all right, I translated <laughs> the first group of ones, but now I'm speaking as the other person. What rules of language do they have that I need to adhere to to mirror what's being said kind of thing? The like aesthetically it's it's beautiful. It has this really kind of minimalist use of colour that just works really well. All of the levels have a really different approach to architecture. Like there's brutalist, there's neoclassical, there's like it's just great to make your way up and down. So how do they town. present the, the like how are you getting more glimpses of the language that you need to interpret though? So at the base level, it's very, like, the language obviously is very simplistic because it's the first one you're, you're looking to. And, like, a good example I have is you you walk through part of the level and there is a shop, and it is a shop that... First clear, person or third person? Third person. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of isometric, changes camera angles as you sort of move through it, but just fix camera angle and you move through the level. There is a shop. The shop has a, a glyph. That you can tr- that you know is in your glyph dict- like as you as you collect the kind of symbols, it's added to a book, and then similar to um, Return of the Obra Dinn, once you found enough symbols, it'll be like on a page. Here are four symbols. Here's why you know these symbols. The kind of context you learnt them, sort of thing. What do each of them mean? And then you can kind of connect those symbols up to meaning, or you can connect them up to symbols that you've learned before. Once you've gotten all of them right, it confirms them in groups. So you can't brute force it. You can't be like, I will guess the meaning of this one through every possible meanings there is and then arrive upon the right one. You have to have an idea of what it possibly means. My one critique is that sometimes the pictures in the book are a little vague as to what they're referring to, which can make translation difficult. But the example I was giving you, walking through the environment, you pass a shop front, there is a symbol and there is a picture beneath of an instrument. So you can immediately go, great, that means instrument. I've learnt that. You will then have maybe a conversation with someone where they are holding a broken instrument and you will, it'll be like, symbol, symbol, symbol. And it'll be like, my, you know the symbol for instrument now, something. And you'll be like, well, he's holding a broken instrument. That one must be broken then, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, okay, sure. Then when you go up to the next level... And do you have... Can you put in, in English what the things mean? You, or? Can, you can write what you think they mean. Um, and then when you confirm it, it tells you in English what the meaning of that thing is. So it'll always like translate back to English to help Man. you understand. Have you ever played a game like this? No. Yeah, cool. Um, That's amazing it, that this is like a very groundbreaking attempt... At something that hasn't been done before and is successful enough to be yeah. the coveted number seven spot. It was. I had a great time with it. Just the the puzzles were really rewarding. The the environments you move through, the 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 visual approach to it, all that kind of stuff. Really enjoyed Chances and R. There's like I think this is the most puzzle games I've had on my list of any year we've done. Wild. Mm. Well, I bet none of your puzzle games are my favorite type of puzzle game. A Tetris-like. Ooh, okay. Because... I think I know what this is. What is it? Suica? 
Oh, that would be... I forgot to even think about that. Wow, okay. Shout out to Suica, uh, which is a, uh, a game in which uh, you have to place falling fruit, fruit and uh, two cherries make a grape or some shit. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did play a lot of that with the kids this year. And um, my son even went to a, um, like a coding camp. And okay. Ca- and he and his friends made a version of that game where you play with different... Types of sports balls. Okay. So two tennis balls make a basketball, and two basketball or, or, or baseball, and two baseballs make a basketball. Huh. Yeah, fun stuff. Mm. Um, also, we're eating some uh, cookies. That this episode was brought to you by uh, my wife because she took the kids out of here. Thank you, B. For hours. Shout out to you, B. Um, and uh, she also left us two cookies to eat. I accept these cookies. They are. I think they're made with chickpea flour. Okay. Because a little bit of protein for the kids, they're, they're lunchbox snacks. Is there a hint of peanut butter in here? I'm getting. Or? Oh, that's just like what the, the combo of actually. Oh uh, no, definitely not because they're lunchbox or snacks. Coconut. No peanut. You haven't. You don't have a school oh, sure, kid sure, yet. Sure. No, no, no. You do not. Yeah. No peanut. No good, peanut good butter for though. breakfast before daycare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, delicious cookies. Thank you, B. And Suiko also very good. Mm. But the game I'm talking about is called Unidentified Falling Objects. Okay. And this is a game that mashes together beautifully two of my favorite genres of game, a Tetris-style falling blocks game mm-hmm. and a platformer. Okay. You play a, uh, a little fella with a gun and as the blocks fall, you can either shoot them or kick them. And the reason you would want to kick them is the more blocks of the same color are together, when you shoot them... They release more stars. Basically, you, you make more of a combo. Mm-hmm. And so it is all about getting a high, as high a score as possible. But there are so many different ways you can die. You can be crushed by a falling, falling brick. You can um, eliminate all the bricks and then fall to the bottom of the, of the floor. And there are spikes down there. So don't do that. Mm. And then as you progress through different levels, because there's different worlds that you can unlock with by spending gems, um, different hazards come out so like a block will fall and it will electrify all the blocks that it's touching mm. so if you touch that you get you, you take a hit you can only get hit three times in a in, per per game okay <clears throat> um there are like other like weird enemies creatures that like it'll be like a box and if you eliminate the color next to the box it'll let an alien out he'll chase you for three seconds right. if you let it hit you you take a hit <clears throat> so simple but also so like, you know, adding so much onto it. But like, you know, the best puzzle games are you understand instantly. You know, you, you stack up, you're making color combos, you're shooting, you're trying to get your score as high as possible. You're avoiding danger. Mm-hmm. So much fun. And I get so angry at myself when I fuck up in this game, but I'm still hitting retry. It's really, really good. You can uh, upgrade yourself in lots of fun ways, like um, upgrade the the gun that you're using mm-hmm. um, to like be like like stronger or faster or different types of bullets. You can upgrade um, the way you jump. So at the moment, I have a jetpack, so I can just kind of hover over to wherever I need to be. As we've said a number of times on this show, yeah, nothing nothing improves a game like a jetpack. Yeah, but um, look, this is totally a game that uh, that I have not seen anyone else talk about this year, and it mm. is like a killer like mainstay puzzle game for me and Archie we both like take turns playing it on the Steam Deck um it was made by just one dude Andrew Morish mm-hmm. and you know what this game is Morish damn you play a little bit of it you want more lives up to its name uh but yeah it, it fucking rocks it's so good 
um, UFO unidentified falling objects. Cool. I definitely didn't call it that when I when I said it because I didn't. Oh no, I did. Cool. <laughs> Good for me, man. I'm the best. Uh, it's real cheap. It's like 15 bucks on Steam. Hopefully they make it on other. Um, oh, it's on Switch. Cool. It's on Switch. Everyone knows the Switch. Get this game. It's one of those games you can just play every day. Hell yeah. Those are the best kind of games. Yeah. Like like Suica, but this is better than Suica. Damn. You know, wouldn't this, this, this unfortunately Suica's honorable mention, would you say? Yeah, definitely. It's like, like you know, it's it, it is a flappy bird except the game's actually good. Right. A game that everyone talked about for a week. That was a weird time. Flappy bird? Week? Yeah. Yeah. Like so weird. People selling phones for thousands of dollars because, oh my because God. it had Flappy Bird on it. Man, I would love a, a Where Are They Now follow-up article on what that dude ended up doing. Yeah. He just Yeah, he hated the experience of making the world's most popular game for one week that he just deleted it. And that man's name is Yeo. Yeah, for real. Like, similar. Yeah. Similar. Super, super Yeo <laughs> energy on that guy. That guy was Thai, I think. BYE. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. Thai, like that. yeah. yeah. That guy um, was yeah. making like $250,000 a day. And he at deleted the height it. A flappy bird. That's so wild, as man. Bizarre. He got he kept it going for like a week, and then was like, "That'll do." Yeah, cool. I don't need any I've, more money. I've <laughs> made close to I've made close to two million dollars. All right, my number six. Number six. Number six. Number six. As I as I Google, who made Flappy Bird? Storyteller. This this is the game that both my kids is, are playing at the moment. Really? So it's on Apple Arcade. Yes. Yeah. Um. They're both playing this on their iPad at the moment. What do they think? They fucking love it. Yeah. But they've constantly are coming up to me, and I haven't seen what this game look looks like. Mm. But they're like, "Dad," like, and they're running me through the scenario they're going through, and I'm trying to help based on their cues, yeah, through dialogue. So, storyteller. So that game that I play with my kids, maybe like number thirty-seven best game of the year for me. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Where they describe to me storyteller scenarios, (laughs) then I try and solve them. Man, the graphics without looking. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, storyteller is a puzzle game. Where the puzzle is narrative You are The basic setup is You were given a, a, a number of panels At the at the You know the bulk of the screen is set up with a number of panels Might be four panels, might be six panels Whatever it happens to be You are given That was on hell of a burp Wow You were given That was like a pre-shock Yeah Yeah I had to wind up for it Um uh, I want a post shock that's like you know in anime where like the robot does something big and then it like vents steam like yep. it stops and goes like yeah I want that post burp that would be amazing. Storytellers game you have a number of panels down the bottom of the screen you have characters and settings at the top of the screen you were given a title the title might be like True Love Dies or you know. Which fools a prince or something like that. Sure. You then have to arrange your characters in your scenes in the panels in a way that satisfies the story. Ah. It is like it is so fun to see narrative treated as a puzzle game like that, particularly because each of the characters and the character the characters are not like, you know, it's not they're not named characters. It's just who they are. It's like the baron or the prince or the detective or god or satan kind of thing. Like very broad strokes descriptions of the characters. But nonetheless, they still like the way that they're drawn in this kind of like cartoonesque style. It's still enough to give you an understanding of how this person works within the terms of the story. None of these characters are blank slates. They all have basic rules governing what they do. 
the the Baron will always try to depose the Queen and take away her crown. Right. So he will always act in an evil way towards the Queen. The Knight is in love with the Queen. So without being given a good, good reason in the narrative, the Knight will never hurt the Queen. So you have these, like... It starts off fairly simple, but then the stories start to get more and more complex. Particularly when... You'll finish a level and then it'll open up bonus stories for you to finish in that level. So it might be like, true love dies. Okay, great. You figure out that story. And then it's like, true love dies and kills a werewolf. And then <laughs> you've got to figure out like, fuck, how am I getting a werewolf into this story and ensuring that it dies as well? Like, it constantly ratchets up the challenge. So it's not just... I, the way they were describing it to me, I thought it was like that game Framed. It, it, it kind of is framed, but framed is just about the order in which you put pre-existing pictures. This is very much about like how do you deploy characters into scenes over the course of a story to achieve the thing you want to do. Sure. It was just it, and the great thing is, over the course of the year, it already has received free updates that have added more characters, more chapters, more stories to solve. And frankly, it's like there's no limit to how often they can do that. Like, it's a game that can, can like, even if they change to a paid, like, hey, it's the sci-fi story pack. Fuck it. I'll buy it. Like, great. You're adding more content into this game. That's fantastic. Just a really, really interesting, fresh approach to puzzle gaming. Mm-hmm. That you're right. Framed is kind of similar to what it, it does. But it goes so much further than framed. Like, there's so much more depth to the puzzle, the puzzling than framed. Number yeah. six. That's awesome. Storyteller. My, my kids are loving it. I'm very wondering. In development for 14 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy that Apple Arcade were able to buy it, and that's like where you play it now. I mean, I have it on Switch. So I guess on, right, it's on it's everything. It's also on PC. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't know if it's on the major consoles. Yeah. My, yeah. My kids have been loving it the last last week. It's great. It's one of like. It's funny, your son is a frame of reference to me. When I play puzzle games, I'll be like, oh, Archie will love this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, published by Annapurna, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, cool. So I think it's only just come to Apple Arcade, maybe? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, like, is it a Netflix game? You know what? That's how they've been playing it. Yeah. They got it through Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's weird that that's a way you can play games. Bizarre. Um, so we uh, we finished our first like the you know ten to six. That's mm-hmm. five. We only have our top five left. Yes, I think we've definitely earned a piss break. Hell yeah! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. Good piss, John. Hell of a piss. Hell of a piss. Graphically, you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't too into it, but I think the gameplay was fantastic. <laughs> Great piss galart. <laughs> um, so we are... Halfway through our top 10 of the yes. year. And, and bad news for everyone except the two of us. I've just given us a packet of chips. Great. We're this s- has now turned into an ASMR yeah. podcast. And, and even worse news for everybody except us, the kettle chips. Oh. You've got those ones, the avocado oil kettle chips. Mm-hmm. They're cooked in avocado oil. Okay. Fucking amazing. What can't they get oil from these days? I mean, that's, that's a pretty oily vegetable. Oh, sure. Yeah. But still, I'm excited to see where oiling Apples, technology will take us. Oh, oh. No, probably, probably oil, Give oil, it time. Oil and them seeds. Um, so, you want to go through our um, 10 to 6? Sure. You go first. <sighs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number 10. So fucking polite. Cocoon slash viewfinder. Number 9, fading afternoon. Number 8, pizza tower. Number 7, Tevi. And number 6, unidentified falling objects. The amount of context you put around your number 10 picks... Like, because you kicked it off by going like, I have a dual one and it's like games that I played but didn't finish, but I like this. And then I was like, is he going to do this for everyone? Like, have I not... I, even, I said I was going to. Have I not structured my list <laughs> enough? Uh, my 10 to 6 is number 10, Fading Afternoon. Number 9 is Jusant. Uh Number 8 is Blasphemous 2. Number 7 is Chance of Sanar. And number 6 is Storyteller. All right. Any predictions for the rest of our... To- for, for my top fives? Funnily, funnily enough, because we don't record regularly anymore, it's super difficult to track. I mean, this like, is also the first time we've hung out since the last time we hung out. We went and saw a movie, a short film short together. Short film, yeah. About um, what the, if the uh, Yves Saint Laurent? Is it Saint Laurent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the Ethan Hawke, Pablo or Pedro Pascal. Yeah. What if gay they were, what, what if they were gay cowboys? Yeah. That rocked. Yeah, that was great. And then we had the best spicy margarita I've ever had. Yes, at OK Cantina. Yeah. And then um, Alexis Holiopoulos came and hung out with us for a bit, but couldn't get into the bar we were at. Yes. And so we went to a much worse bar. Not so OK Cantina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still had margaritas. Yeah, that's true. They were bad. Yeah. They weren't great. No. No. No, They were worse than that peach beer. Yeah. Um, So have you got any predictions for what's going to be my top five? That's, I mean, like I was saying, because because we don't regularly like chat about indie games on podcasts anymore, it's difficult to track what sure. we've been enjoying. So I think Cocoon is going to be quite high up in your top five. Fair. And I also think that the game that you was your number one that you've played a demo of mm-hmm. is Dave the Diver. Interesting. Okay. I don't know how right I'm going to be with that, mm. but I'm, I was trying to think of games that have have demos. And uh, you, you've I not- think Dave the Diver will be somewhere in your top five. Mm-hmm. You not adding Sweeker game anywhere. I'm like, fuck, I'm operating without a map here now. <laughs> um, I Dredge? Think Dredge will be in your top five? I think your top three is going to be Dredge, Cocoon, David Diver. That's, that's my prediction. Okay. I know Dredge is going to be in your top five somewhere. I have no idea what your number one is going to be. Well, John, oh. I did 10 till 6 and I was first. You're first. All right. Number five, five for me. Is Sludge Life 2 Oh, that old game Yeah Yeah So we're back in the sludge, baby So, like, I'm so I love the world of Sludge Life Like, 
Terry Velman and Dose One have just created this such a weird little universe to hang out in. What I love about these games that I've never played and possibly never will. Unlikely you ever will, sure. Is that I will frequently be, you know, driving home and it's, you know, an hour long drive home from uh-huh. wherever I've been DJing or whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Stop asking questions. Uh, <laughs> and I will be like a song from an artist that I used to listen to a shitload in high school or early the years immediately out of high school into my head. And I will be like, play this random rap song, this weird indie song, this weird indie rap song. (laughs) Um, And for the most part, I have no idea what that artist is up to now. Mm -hmm. What I love about Sludge Life too is that Dose One, you know where Dose One is. One of my favorite indie rappers of the uh, early two thousands is this constant reminder that not only is a guy who I used to like still around, he's also not really making music anymore (laughs) and doing cooler things. Yeah, I mean, he does all the music for this game. Yeah, like he's still technically making music and I guess helping out in other ways on this game. But I see what you're saying. It's nice to see him having made like. A really cool transition because didn't was Dose One on Disc Room as well? Yes. Yeah. So he's kind of loved that like, game. Why haven't we got a sequel to Disc Room? I don't know. Um, it's it's just cool that he's joined up with this little. Me personally, I'd call it Disc Room too. <laughs> <laughs> but Disc Tomb is right there. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So. This, uh, for those unfamiliar, Sludge Life and Sludge Life 2 are first-person vandalism simulators, essentially. You play as a character whose name is Ghost. You're a tagger. Um, in the second game, on top of being a tagger, you have also taken on responsibility for managing a rap artist called Big Mud. Oh, really? The game starts with you in a trashed hotel room finding out that Big Mud partied too hard with his, his crew last night and has gone missing. So you have to find him for a gig that he has to do um, at the top of the Siggy Sig Suites, which is a massive hotel in this little town that you're in, essentially. Off you go. Along the way, there are a ton of spots for you to tag, and as you tag, you kind of up your reputation and you unlock the ability to, like do joint tags with other taggers around. You you explore and can do kind of like minor quests for the characters you meet along the way. Um, there are three separate endings to the game. One that you unlock by finishing all the tags, one that you unlock by finding Big, Big Mud, and one you just kind of unlock by finding a certain item and then taking it to a, a certain character. Um, which I've managed to do all three. It's really not a long game. You can clock it all in four hours, which is great. Um, this was on my list of like, fuck, I really need to play this game before the year ends. So I just like, I was hoping against hope that it would come out on Switch, but I finally just bought it on PC. I just love these, the presentation of these games is so fucking cool. It's just like this weird anarchic little universe you're hanging out in. It's a town like a little settlement in the middle of a vast ocean of sludge. Um, (laughs) The characters you meet along the way are so weird and all have these interesting stories. But you know that like one, one great thing is your interactions with them 
are static. They don't change, so you don't have to like. There's no. There's not a lot of backtracking as you explore. You don't have to be like, oh, I got to talk to that guy again. You've had your interaction with him. You just keep moving on. So it's that nice kind of like tight game design of like, just keep moving forward, keep exploring. The exploration part of it's great. Like from from the the kind of. 3D platforming element of figuring out how to get to graffiti tags to working out how to break into buildings that are like have locked front doors. So what other approach can you take? You walk around the perimeter, maybe there's a busted wall somewhere. Maybe there's something that will allow you to climb up and get in through a skylight on the roof. Like the actual movement and interaction through the world is really fun and interesting and it's also like you can just set your sights on like, oh, there's a huge tower of shipping containers over there. I'm going to climb to the top. Got to be something up there. Let's see what's up there. They've added a f- like a few items they've added. Like they have sneakers that give you a double jump that's really useful. There's a, a launch platform that just like shoots you up into the air. And then you can use your glider to kind of like precision get down where you want to go. They've brought back stuff from the first one like... Um, it's the like one of the most useful things is in a bottle there is the eye of uh, the eyes of like a previous king of graffiti that always point towards where your next the closest tag is that helps you kind of solve that there's a cat with two buttholes uh, amazing so many people <laughs> so many people throughout Finally. the game scab cigs off you like part of the game is finding cigarettes throughout the um throughout the environment to give to people to unlock favors even just minor things in the presentation like when you go to the menu like when you hit pause the menu is in the the shape of like it's it's presented like a the a windows kind of like the desktop of a windows and then when you close the menu you just it's you throwing your laptop away just like the, that's, that's sick There's so many bits of presentation in this game It sounds just, like this is so much more fun than the first one It's, I mean, it's almost continuous with the first one The The way they've improved is just making it bigger Yeah Like the town you're exploring is bigger There's more NPCs to talk to All that kind of stuff Like, it's it's one of those like Oh, you love that? Have more of the same, but more Great Fucking loved it the second time as well Really enjoyable Highly into Sludge Life 2 Levens? Numero cinco, por favor. <laughs> um, my pleasure. Um, so last year, my <laughs> game of the year... Well, sorry, 2022. I don't remember because you were too busy being a prick. To, no, I'm kidding. It Do you know what my game of the year was? It was a Playdate game, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. And of course, that Playdate game was... Uh, <laughs> no, Island, Island, uh, I with it, E-Y-E land. Mm. Um, a one hour, if that, 20, 20 to 40 minute experience. Mm-hmm. Um which uh, my son Archie has revisited twice okay. since since uh, we recorded last year. It's a really, really fun, simple adventure game. And look, it's been a weird year for Playdate owners, of which I am... Wait, how do you, how'd you say that sentence? I own a Playdate. <laughs> <laughs> Playdate, have, me. Yeah, um, but... I, you know, because when when that play that little that cute little um, uh, console launched, mm-hmm. that that little yellow Game Boy with a crank shoved into its ear, um, it was you you got you with by buying the console you signed up for season one where for, as soon as you turn the console on, every week from that point forward for the next twelve weeks you got two games so twenty four games up, all up, 
And you were meant to be like in unison experiencing these games together. But because of delays to production, I didn't really know anyone else that had a play date during those first 12, day, 12, 12 weeks. Since then, a few friends mm-hmm. sporadically have gotten one. Um, I've made friends with a few people who make Playdate games. Okay. Um, and a few of them listen to the podcast. Shout out to Ollie, uh, who's been oh, a yeah, long, yeah, long-time yeah. listener of all the small games, uh, who, who's made several um, Playdate games. But it's like I feel like last year I was talking, I was like, you know, there's a lot of potential with this console. I think it's so cool. I'm really excited for, for Panic, who... Uh, the, the publishers of the console um, to to like announce season two, and I'm, I'm so excited to see what they do. None of that, right? There's been no. They even had they had a big presence at PAX. Um, uh, Didn't they do a little like presentation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but none. And there and there was very very like you know specifically said there's going to be no information about Playdate in this uh, in in this video that we're making, like in this presentation. So don't expect anything. Um, and the only thing that's really changed with the Playdate system since a year ago is that now they have like an in-console app, w- which allows you to buy like a storefront, basically okay. that allows you to buy games and allows them to feature cool, cool games that are entirely self-published from within the console itself. Really, really cool that that exists, mm-hmm. but it's still a console that all of the best experiences about owning it come from like third parties. Like okay. extre- and when I say like, you know, like, you know, we can leave all the Dave the Diver is an indie game discussions at the door. Like if you want a true indie game device in 2024, the Playdate is insane for sure. it. Because you have people that like, it's almost all the games are made by one person who has very, very little gaming experience, but a lot of passion and there's so many cool little, you know, games that you can play on this system. Coolest of which was a game called Resonant Tale. And one of my favorite Zelda games of all time is uh, the game Link's, Link's Awakening, which is the Game Boy game. It's so funny if you said a non-Zelda game then. Yeah, one of my favorite... <laughs> One of my favorite, favorite Zelda, Zelda games, games is, is Jusant. Turnip robs a, a turnip. Turnip yeah. boy commits. Tax I love fraud. turnip boy robs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a game called Resident Tale. Um, it is made by Orange Thief Limited. Great name. As far as I know, it's a one man team, but maybe with music and other things like that, make it sure. more than just one. But it is a you know like top down isometric uh, Zelda esque Link's Awakening X esque. Uh, adventure game that completely utilizes like understand yeah, what I love about looking back at more primitive gaming systems NES is like in the last year like Kirby the series is an amazing example to look at from each of the consoles especially in the early days like NES SNES GBA um, they were always releasing games towards the very end of a console's lifespan and that meant they were able to make games that utilized not just the hardware from a power point of view as most powerful as possible, but also they're able to like, oh, what are the things that this console does well? Dating all the way back to Kirby's Adventure on, on the NES. It's like easily, for me, the best NES game. Okay. Um, this really feels like a game that has been made completely understanding what a Playdate game should be. So it's kind of, it's standing on the shoulders of giants in that people have gone before and like, 
tested the limits of a system. Yeah. And so now you have someone sitting perfectly in the middle of those rules, making it as well as they but can. But what's hilarious in this is, is you know, similar to the, the fact that, like, you know, like a year into the 3DS's lifespan, people stopped making anything that utilised the 3D function. This does not really use the crank at right. all in a meaningful way at all. It, it, it uses it to unlock things. Like, okay. So, like, you know, when you when you have it unlock, have, have the crank up, the, the door unlocks. Right. And you put it back... And it locks, but this game, like, I feel like it just—it just it understands what it is to make an adventure game on limited technology mm-hmm. while still making it super fun. So in this, it means if you walk into an enemy, you already have your sword out, okay, and you attack it. And how can you make fun puzzles around that? Um, this is just for me, like. Like genius on a level that you see from like very early Nintendo that you don't really see these days because Nintendo's games are so enormous. Sure. There's just like tons of really, really fun ideas on a really simple level telling a a simple story that you've played variations of before, especially if you've played Zelda series games. But the whole time I'm playing it, I'm like, this this is why I got this console for experiences like this. Um, in a way, you could argue that it's better than Island, but I think Island is much more successful in like achieving everything it tries to do, like on a really focused level. Whereas this is trying to do a, a little bit more mm-hmm. and still successful, but um, Island for focus, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is this is a really really cool game. I, I don't know mm-hmm. how I don't know what the I think you can still buy this on like itch. And play it within like a, a like a an emulator. Okay. Um, I think there There's are play there are a few emulators. Play yeah, yeah. Wild. But um, this is like easily the best of the Playdate games that I played in the last year. Of which there were a few. I played a lot of weird little puzzle games and lots of cool ideas. But this was by far the most like finished feeling game that I played. Um, the puzzles in it are really clever. And like you know you 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 get upgrades, new weapons, like advancements in story. It was a Probably it's probably the most complete feeling game that I've played on the playdate so far. Nice. Um, it's called Resonant Tale. Again, made by Orange Thief Limited. Highly recommend it to the two playdate only owners that are listening right now. Ollie, get this game. I'm sure he already has it. <laughs> Buy it again. <laughs> um, cool. Number four. Holy shit! My fucking rabbit is eating my laptop cable. I don't think you could eat these ones. I thought I thought uh, Apple finally made a non-chewable. Rabbit proof cable The sequel to rabbit proof fence Um, Number four Number four Let's go dog Dredge Dredge Yeah Just outside of the three Yeah Guess what John It's my number four too Hell yeah Let's get into dredge Let's fish I feel like uh, in the past We would ask ourselves You know Can you fish in this game Of course This was a great year for games In which you could fish Yes Absolutely Um, but um, I, I, I very recently played near Automata. Automata. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I have two paths ahead of me and one <laughs> of them's bad. Near Automata. I was like, you can fucking fish in this game? What the fuck? So weird. Anyway, Dredge. Uh, worthy of a shout out because developed in New Zealand. Oh, right. And cool. God knows we count their achievements as our own in this yeah, country. Yeah. Um, was that cool ca- camera game when we played of this? Uh, oh, uh, Umarangi Generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It is so hard to find 
proper info on that because everyone's like, it's developed in Australia. And I'm like, this is very clearly a game about New Zealand yeah. culture. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I just I think the developer just lived over here. But anyway, Dredge, developed by Black Salt Games out of New Zealand, um, released by Team 17. Yep. Write the word spooky and the word fishing on a whiteboard and then add the plus sign in the middle and baby, you got dredge. Like, uh, you see so like so many, so much of the time, fishing games are constrained by the act of fishing. It has to be like, hey, to go to the ocean and lower in a, um, lower in a, a, a line and a hook and pull out a fish, this is normal, this is fun. One thing I love about dredge is the acknowledgement that the ocean is fucking terrifying. What yeah. a what a horrifying thing to like. It's like, hey, we splash on this thing in the beach. It's great. Like, there are weird things in the depths out there that we just don't acknowledge. And I love that this game goes like, no, it's messed up down there. It's really fucking weird. Um, it is just mechanically fun to drive that boat around to the point where what lets this down for me is the story and the levels. To an extent, they could have leaned harder, like story wise. I, I, I think no, for me, it's like when you are tasked with doing a mission that means you have to go get a certain bunch of fish to then make bait that will then make a monster head to this place, and then you talk to that guy, and then he kills the thing. Mm-hmm. For me, I was just like, "This is boring. I don't want this." Feels too much like a game. Mm. Whereas I was up until that point. All the story and and just natural fishing and exploration was really feeding into each other towards the end of this game. It's the second last world, I think, the second last island you visit, mm-hmm. where you meet like the veteran, um, and you've got a, a, all the crashed planes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. cool thing to, to kind of navigate through. Mm. But um, I just found that mission quite quite dull. Mm. Um, but like, there's a lot of a lot of it just becomes fetch questy. Yes. Yeah. And mechanically, I found this game just so much fun when yes. it was like, especially when it was like, you know, finding, because you can't, it's not just about fishing. You're also like, what's, is it you dredging? Are you, what's it called when, you, when you're pulling shit up from the ocean? That, that is, yes, dredging. Dredging, yeah. Oh. Um, that shit rules so much. Mm. And like, like, you know, and it's also, you know, it goes back to Backpack Hero. You have this limited inventory that you can only put mm. fish in. I, I love how rigid that was as well. Like, yes. You you know you'll be pulling a shark up, and you're like, "Fuck, what am I going to do with all this shit in my boat?" Yeah, so I can keep this. It's going that out. it's that teeth gritted process of what am I going to throw away? Mm-hmm. What's what is more valuable for me to keep? Is it this vast amount of catch that I've got? Is it the 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 um, materials that I've pulled up that will give me work like work towards upgrades, or is it this special fish that etc. Like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's the the Tetris, the Tetris approach to storage on your boat is mm-hmm. so good. Like yeah. great, great gameplay choice. The it's it's not necessarily a dazzling variety of mini games for fishing, but the variety does keep it keep you on your toes a bit. Yeah, totally. I think my favorite level was the one with the like. It's almost the labyrinth with the steep cliffs. Yes. Where the, the eel with the glowing eyes just oh, making so its way fun. around. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like white knuckle, like 
fuck, get out of here. Like, because as you see it coming towards you, and, down and you can passage. only accelerate a certain amount before mm. your, your your motor overheats and you're fucked. Mm. So much fun. I loved the night fishing. Mm. Um, so the, the tropical part as well, like, and and there's that big, like, monster fish below the depths. And if you go over a certain the, part the of tentacle it, 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 comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, incredible. All the all the like, yeah, I agree that the overarching story is interesting, like the main kind of narrative thrust. But yeah. there are a few too many missions in it that are just like, go here and pick this up and bring it back to me. Ugh, okay, fetch quest, great, another one of these kind of thing. Whereas I think if they put less focus on that and more focus on just weird shit happening in the environment, mm-hmm. that would have been fantastic. Because that's, that's what I loved about it is like every new place I went and going, oh my God, what monster is going to be chasing me now? Kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really loved most of Dredge. I haven't, I haven't finished it. Mm. I just, when it got to that, I'm up to the second last island and I've got to go find a certain bunch of fish and I guess figure out when you can get those fish. Yeah. So then I can bring those fish to the fucking veteran and then he can make bait. Then it, 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 I was just like, this is shit. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a complete opposite of how the game has been for me so far, which was like, go and find this thing. Yes. And then you're like, you know, where do I go? Trying to get access to that area. Yeah. Like, you know, so much fun. Yeah. I also, I loved that the upgrades that you have are very concrete. Like you, when you upgrade, you can immediately feel great. I've done a better upgrade, yeah, kind sure. of thing. Like yeah, yeah. from the size of the storage in your boat to adding a new engine that makes you go faster. And like, hey, previously, the journey to this spot would take me almost a day, and I'd be fucked on the way back. Suddenly, I can do it in half the time because I have this better engine. Great! Like the world is. Not made smaller, but made more convenient through my upgrades, yep. allowing me to do more. Essentially, and that's and that always like, yeah. feels so satisfying. And in streamlining the, game. the amount of reels you need to catch all the fish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love and, and finding the fucked up fish and you know mm. selling those and I, even just reading about them was like the law in this game was fantastic. Yeah. 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 I, I, this is an excellent game. Yeah. I reckon whatever this studio makes next, if it's a dredge two or if it's something else, like I'm so excited for what they've learned through. Yeah. This this process and yeah yeah great to see Kill great again. to see what's your number three Johnny cocoon oh cool yeah so you spoke about it earlier this is one of those games that as I was playing it I'm like Archie's probably gonna love this um like you said before you're a little bug guy making his way through a variety of bug worlds on on the story front. It's. I'm not going to say a letdown. Story's just not important in this game, which is fine. I, I, that's, that's that's fine. My favorite kind of game, of course, is where the story takes. There, the there is there is a story of sorts, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the main point or the focus of the game. Why I love this game so much is their approach to puzzle design is so fucking polished. And you you spoke earlier about how like the 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 lead designer on this. His pedigree is play dead. He worked on Inside. He worked on Limbo. And then they, they got a divorce and one of them made a shit game. And the, this guy made yeah, this game. I was actually, as I was looking for games that came out this year, Somerville was the game made by the, he was a producer that worked at, at play dead. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like, there was another game that came out this year that is also from the play dead oeuvre. 
You talk about you talk about uh, you cocaine. you have a Google. Yeah. Um, I want to say his name's like Jeppe Magnuson or Jeppe Carlson. He was the he was a des, a, a, a gameplay designer at Playdead. And it is so obvious he has that pedigree because Cocoon is a game that has been polished to such a high shine. Mm-hmm. What I loved about Cocoon and why it's my number three, why it's so high up, is I love a puzzle game where the puzzle is everything you need to solve this puzzle is right in front of you. Right. There is no backtracking. There is no, oh, you need to have knowledge about this particular thing or this, you know, history or physics or the way or chemistry or science or anything like that. Everything you needed to solve the puzzle was right in front of you. <laughs> and the number of times, <laughs> the number of times I would be beating my head against a puzzle in Cocoon, stop and think to myself, everything you need to solve this puzzle is right in front of you. You just have to think about it. And Three, four, five minutes later, I've solved the puzzle. Sure. I haven't yep. gone to the internet. I haven't like, I just had to stop and say to myself, think about what you're doing. Everything's in front of you. What have you not tried yet? And invariably, I would find the solution that way. And these are not like, some of these are, I wouldn't say fully fiendish, but like when I got to the solution, I was like, oh my God, really? That was like the way that you have stacked mechanics on top of each other mm-hmm. to achieve this end. Wow. How did, how did you figure that out when you were making this, let alone pat on my back for figuring out and solving the problem. But even with that, there's a linearity to the design. It blocks off where you've gone as you make your way through each level. So like I said, there's no backtracking. It introduces these mechanics, runs you through... Like, this is game. This is gameplay design 101, but it does it so fucking well. Oh, man, you could, you could, there are going to be video essays about how successfully this game yeah. is able to communicate it, what you need to do. It introduces a mechanic. It runs you through that mechanic several times in different ways. Then it goes, okay, remember the previous mechanic we taught you? Now we're going to start combining them. We'll run through that in several ways. You know, several different iterations that get harder as they go. But you'll solve them because you've solved the last couple of ones. You just need to think that extra step. Like with like with Inside, and Inside is a game where if you play it again, you're like, holy shit, this is like... They have, they have considered every minor detail about this game to the absolute nth degree so that it's, you know, plays so perfectly. This is... The, like, this guy has clearly bought or brought this, that, that approach to detail across to Cocoon. It's just a polished little gem of a puzzle game that contains so many of those ultra-satisfying aha moments when you finally solve the problem. And just the mechanic itself, like being able to dive in and out of worlds, and when you first start like carrying Cocoons into other worlds and then diving into the world that you brought from, you know... Once you're three worlds deep and trying to like think, how does this puzzle solve over like up and down these layers? Amazing, so good. Yeah, sick. Yeah, the sound design's great. Graphics are fantastic. Like it's just the whole package is so good. 
Yeah, I think I should have started playing this with Archie, but at the mm. time we were playing Mario RPG. Sure. That was the focus, you know? I think it's one of those games that wait a while, starting from the first bit. Yeah, of course. So he, yeah, he yeah. starts the journey at the bottom step and he'll really enjoy it. I think it. I found three globes. I, I think know. there's maybe one more to go. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that's your number three. Mm-hmm. My number three is the equally talked about Frog's Adventure. <laughs> Okay. Do you know anything about this game? It rings a bell. So it gave it introduced me to a collective of indie game makers called the Sock Pop Collective. Okay. S O K P O P. We have never talked about these guys on the podcast. Okay. Made me feel foolish because these guys, um, in the last like six years, have made a hundred games. Fucking hell. And you have they have a Patreon where you subscribe and every month you get a new game that they make. That's wild. Um, and Has anyone told them about the play date? <laughs> you can, um, and I almost did, um, you can buy all of their games uh, for, I think it's like 200 US. Wow. On itch. I Crazy. almost did that. And <laughs> I was like, no, don't do that because you're not going to do any of any. But anyway, uh, is there, this is the itch store. Um. They are so cool. I'm just gonna love that logo. Scroll through, and if you, if you see any of their games that seem familiar to you, shout out. But I feel like these are all games that Dida Double, great name. They make like, they make town builders. They make adventure games. Sure. They make word puzzle games. They make so many awesome ideas um, that are and they're all the games like you know like three bucks, five bucks, or you can get a bundle of all the games they made that that year, or you can just straight up get the entire. Catalog, the super bundle for one hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Um, Huge. So far, I've only played Frog's Adventure. Right, and Frog's Adventure is a hand drawn point and click adventure. You saying the words point and click in and your top ten? It is a genre that I don't holy really care shit for because it is always so overwritten. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of waiting for the characters to deliver all the exposition. Um, and then it is like, oh, do I combine this with this to sure. this to this this? This is a simple child's, like you know, mm. uh, there's a few tricky moments in it, but it's a it's a it's a point and click adventure game that a child could play. So much so that my child did play it. He and I had we were away earlier this year. We're not the coast. We're in a beach house with no internet. And I downloaded this game, and I was like, let's put aside a couple hours, and we'll play this in the backyard. It's about frogs that were in the backyard um, and we played it over the course of about three hours and finished it in one sit- sitting. There's something to be said about a small game that you can start and finish in the one day. Sure. It just makes me feel so magical inside. <laughs> and uh, especially, you know, you combine that with your son who, my son, not yours. You no, don't have one. You know. Um, but you combine that with playing that with, you, with, with your, your, your child. There we go. And you watch them... You know, figure out the answer, or you know, you're maybe stuck and you're like, "What if we did this, this?" And then they come up with the answer in spite of you trying really hard to figure it out. This is so fun, so charming, and like legit. Why does our pod- why do podcasts about games in general exist? They're not so people can be like vind- vindicated, like, "Oh, I'm glad I played the same indie game that, sure. that my ho- favorite host liked." This is a game that I've never heard anyone else bring up. Yeah. It was randomly mentioned in that um, uh, Best Indie Games YouTube channel. Okay. Shout out to Clammy. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this show has heard his 
strange European accent uh, on YouTube before. You ever watched the best indie games? I possibly have. Yeah, he's, he's, he makes great videos. Okay. But this showed up in like a like, yeah, this is out this week. He, he didn't play it. Right. But it was I was just like, a general. I was like, that art style looks fucking cool as hell. Yeah, that's very fun. Music rocks. Like like I said, charm is, is, is the main selling point of this. It's five dollars. That's that's price. If to you move. have, it's only on Steam at the moment. I really encourage anyone who likes indie games, especially people that like you know a more playdate uh-huh. mind, for example. Um, you know that, that like the kind of the, the ideas told through a primitive game making way. Uh, <laughs> Point and click adventures Yeah, for sure But I mean, I encourage anyone to kind of check out Not just this game Primitive. But also But you know, no, as in like, you know it, sure. It, it, sure, sure, Eight sure. bits, your 16 yeah, 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 bits yeah, yeah. Your hand-drawn yeah. Ad- Simple adventures you know, Such as cavemen would scribble on walls back not, in the day It's even less about like This looks like it was drawn with a ki- by a kid with, with Oh, 100% With, with, with yeah. textures Which yeah. is what I love so much about it but yeah, you're, you're a little frog making its way through a world, trying to figure out why you have, basically you can think for yourself. Why are you not like your friends who were like oh. bouncing around and ribbiting a minute ago? Okay. And you're talking to all these other animals who can also walk and talk and, 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 and build. That sounds incredibly charming. And basically the, the, uh, the aim of your game is to like deprogram yourself so you can go back to being a regular frog again. Okay. It rules. That's it's a, such a that's good a game. That's a very heavy, kind of, like it, it, there's the possibility for that to be a heavy topic for that kind of game. Yeah, no, totally agree with you. But yeah, it's 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 cute and sweet the whole way through. Quick aside, did you get uh, Frog Detective? I've got the Frog Detective collection on Switch. Yeah, I've not opened it yet. I think if if Archie loved this, the the puzzles in Frog Detective are even simpler than like they're barely puzzles at all. It's more just the charming the experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think he'll really he'll love Frog Detective. Yeah. Uh, get Frog's Adventure too. Frog games, go. man. Frog's Adventure by Sock Pop. Yep, Sock, Sock Pop, Pop Collective. I'm gonna I'm gonna try check out a bunch of their games. The, I, I might pull the trigger on that all their games bundle. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Because it's only on itch, it's not on Steam. Ah. And I'll play most of their games on the deck. But ah. yeah, yeah, is there nothing see. on Steam Deck that you can like is no one created an itch loader for Steam Deck? I tried making it work. It doesn't really work. It's pretty buggy. Ah. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Um, did you figure out that like other play dead game? No, I didn't. Okay. I looked for it, but no. It, Bummer. I may have been creating things that don't exist in my head. <laughs> Number two, John. Let's go. Number, Number two. two. Is there another beer in the offering? Ooh. Let's beer it oh. up. We have two beers left. One two for, beers one left. One for each one. Perfect. Perfect. Yebisu. Do you want to go to Korea or Japan? Let's go to Korea. Okay. I love that the, the design Su- on this can is so good. Yeah, check it out, guys. It looks like a, a killer game. Pseudo. Yeah. Pseudo. It S-U-D-O. actually fucking does look yeah, like yeah. a game design. Beautiful game. My number two is Dave the Diver. All right. Wow. The, the game that launched a thousand online discourses. Well, let me tell you, because of those discourses, this game is not in my top ten. Really? I chose the uh, road of... You chose the hero's route. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I guess it's not. <laughs> and people convinced me that it's not an indie game. But I, I, I respect your decision to call it one. Sure. I don't care. <laughs> um, I just, look, it was... I'm just here to drink and eat chips with yeah. my best friend, all right? <laughs> um, all those arguments aside... <laughs> um, all those arguments aside... Fucking what a game. 
Jesus Christ. Like, I have, I have never encountered a game that has had so much packed into it, but done in such a way that nothing overwhelms you. Sure. I, I said earlier, like, that Tsunabi was the best pixel art I saw last year. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's Dave the Diver. It's Dave the Diver. Yep. The, I mean, look, art alone, incredible art. The story, just like, the, there's so many number of overlapping stories. None of them necessarily override each other and, you know, take steam away from each other. But the, the sort of, if you, did you finish Dave the Diver? No, I didn't. The, the overarching one that is about a love for food and a love for experimentation and how like approaching food with an open-mindedness rather than having to stick strictly to tradition. I love that. Can be so like rewarding essentially. And how like that is the story of not even the main character of the game, but one of the most emotionally rewarding interactions you have kind of thing. The balancing of, Two halves of very separate gameplay and how well they work together. Like, Exploring and then cooking. Mm, so good. Like mm. such a great combo. And even the exploration having, pun entirely unattended, but the depth of the exploration, like, it just incredible. And for it to come out of such a left field source, like, had you heard of Mint Rocket before Dave the Diver? No. What have, they, what have they done before this? Nothing. This okay. is their first game. So how would I have heard of them? Exactly. Like Stupid question. But it's, it's one of these things where it's like, everyone's going, no, this isn't an indie, it's not an indie game. It's not an indie game. Mint Rocket is a subsidiary development team of Nexon, which is a South Korean game publisher, who are apparently like wildly successful i've never heard of a fucking nexon game like i went and looked at their games and was like never heard of one of these don't know what they are this goes back to what i was saying is like we need to come up with another term that isn't indie that frees up bigger developers to work on these more experimental games without having to encounter this stupid fucking argument about is it an indie game or not? sure yeah like you know Especially, this is uh, earlier on in this episode, for those who remember, how long have we been recording for? Like about 2.45 now? Two weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the um, episode, I said there are two main narratives for gaming this year. One is that it is a red-letter game for... Red-letter year for games. Huge titles coming out. You know, critical acclaim flying all over the place. The second um, narrative in gaming this year is... It is one of the most brutal years in recent history for the gaming industry. Layoffs. In just the, as in this year alone, 2024, in 20, January. 2023, yeah. it started. It's just been layoff after layoff after layoff. It's going to continue throughout this year. And I've seen people in the gaming industry talking about it will continue into 2025. It is going to be a... It was a bloodbath last year. The bloodbath will continue this year and it will continue the year after. Gaming... It's certainly an industry that is subject to boom and bust, same as so many other industries. God knows we saw it in the 80s. The home console market almost collapsed. Thankfully, it continued. Gaming continued. Gaming will continue now. I just think that if we incentivize major publishers to become more experimental and start looking at, okay, I don't need to make... The, the development budget for GTA 6 is something 
fucking insane, like a billion dollars. Yeah. And it's taken a decade. If we incentivize these big publishers to take these small, to work on these smaller projects that maybe have a two to three year development cycle and cost in the hundreds of thousands, the gaming industry is going to become healthier as a result when they're not betting the entire, their entire pot of money on a single game that takes so long to produce with a massive team and then gets a 73 on Metacritic <laughs> and the parent company shuts down the developer as a result because it For wasn't sure. a great yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I just... The gaming industry needs to evolve and it needs to break out of structures like AAA and indie to do so, essentially. Yeah, I agree with you. But also, like, there is a huge difference between, like, Pizza Tower, mm-hmm. which is made by a very small team of, of course. passionate individuals, and then... Day the Diver, which also equally passionate individuals, I'm sure, who work for a $2 billion company. Of course. Yeah. But this is, this is what I'm saying is your, your fucking Sledgehammer games and your Treyarchs that every three years put out, you know, there is a... Call of Duty is made by a trio of game of developers. Yes, totally. And yeah. every year one of them puts one out. So they work on this continuous development cycle. If there was a small team at one of these development titles that suddenly was like, here is an insane voxel Zelda-like 3D platformer. What if we made a cozy of duty? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm so over cozy. If I'm watching a game demo and they're like, tend to your farm. I'm like, click, this yeah. is over. I don't want to watch this anymore. But what I'm saying is like, great. Good on Nexon for setting up this this development subsidiary and putting out a game like Dave the Diver. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you with that, with that. Yeah. Getting back to Dave the Diver, as we discussed, it's just... To, to just get, this is how Nexon describes Mint Rocket, the studio that de- developed Dave the sure. Diver. Um, a, a division of Nexon that specializes on games focusing on the essence of fun. Okay. Yeah. So why don't we call it like indie games fun games? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I had I had infinite times more fun playing this game than I would have playing fucking a Call of Duty this of year course, or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. great. If fun is the title it needs to be, go for it. But it's clear the passion. It's clear the way that they've borrowed. They've they know games and they know what works in games and they know how to combine all these almost seemingly disparate elements to make just such a perfect hole to the the experience it's just it's so like each each day when you dive that diving into the ocean for the first time you're like oh okay what's gonna happen this time yeah for sure yeah yeah what's my goal what's gonna be behind these ga- like you know th- yes. this area that i can finally yes i finally upgraded enough my, to- my, do- my tank or whatever like, yeah, yeah exactly i can now dive far enough or i've unlocked this thing or, or now that i've here. killed this hideous monster what fucked up sushi am i gonna be able to make with his brains you know like, <laughs> yeah like so much fun I, I I have this still monster sushi that I haven't sold just because I'm like, I'm never going to get this again. Yeah. Got to hoard it. Got to yeah. hoard it. <laughs> um, to be honest, there are quality of life updates I would suggest based on playing it. Stuff like if you are trying to upgrade a particular dish, it would be nice to go ingredients for this dish, highlight them while I'm diving. Yeah, Little for sure. Little bits and pieces but like that. But I feel like you get 
that feeling when you're playing a game that tries to do so many things in its first outing. Of course. Yeah. Um, and I say this just because, like, I played it on Switch, and on Switch, some of the fish are, like, two pixels moving on screen, and it's difficult to tell what particular f- kind of fish it is and if it's something you need for a recipe or a different type of fish. Sure. But anyway, like you said, for them to get so much right on their first outing, incredible. Did they ever. Love so Dave the Diver. <laughs> Was so excited when it came to Switch, and it just monopolized my attention until I'd finished it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I hung out with you at one point that week and you were, you were playing it yeah, you, like, while when, standing up. While you rocked up to the cinema, I, I saw you on the escalators and I was timing like, I've probably got about another three minutes to play Dave the Diver based on how fast these escalators move. Hilarious. So good. Amazing. What's yeah. your two? Killer game. Um, my number two. I mean, so I, I kind of knew that Day of the Diver would show up and we'd have an argument about what is and what isn't an, an indie That game. was a very pleasant argument. Yeah, yeah. I think my number two poses the same question. Ooh. Because my number two was made by a, uh, a development team that I would say is definitely um, an, indie, an indie team. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a team called Sunblink Entertainment, LLC. Mm-hmm. They've only ever made one game before it. They describe themselves as a small team. Sure. Um, the, their game before this one was called Hero-ish, which looks like a... Uh, I don't know what kind of game it is, but it's a... I don't know, like tower defense or card game or something like that. Okay. They, this year, um, became Apple Arcade's most popular game of all time. Fuck, all right. With a game that took over my entire household for many months. Shit. That game is Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Ah, okay. So I... Have spent the last couple of years uh, really exploring the depths of uh, the crazy characters that have been created by Sanrio, a Japanese company most famous for creating Hello Kitty. Before we get, before we get any deeper, there's a question. What is the? I think you posted about it, or maybe it was Ruby in us, one of the two. The crocodile character. His name is Big Challenges. Big Challenges. <laughs> Hell yeah. So that's my guy. All right, we'll we'll get into this, sure. and I'm going to spoil a small amount of Hello Kitty Island Adventure, um, but I feel like it's not that important. Bring on those! Yeah, I feel like email us in an angry it's, fashion. It's only a spoiler if you are a diehard Sanrio fan, sure. which I am. So, if you follow me on TikTok, uh, I have four hundred thousand people who follow me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Me on there because I make videos predominantly about weird Japanese toys. And one of the leading makers of fun and weird Japanese toys is Sanrio. Uh, again, most famous for Hello Kitty, but they have 
hundreds if not thousands of other characters that they make uh, weird merchandise for and all of the characters exist first and foremost to sell merchandise of course my favorite character is Hungiodon he is a fish man mm-hmm. who was created by the same guy who created another amazing character called Batsmaru who is uh, yes, a the uh, penguin penguin yep mm-hmm. um, I know too much about this like imagine because if, I know you imagine if uh is it No Fear? Was that the name of the, the 90s uh, t-shirt brand? The, With the eyes? What? Yes. Imagine if that was a penguin. That's Batsmaru. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then there's I also... I like the cut of this guy's jib. Yeah. My, 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 my daughter's favorite character is, Cin- is Cinemoral, who is a flying dog with long ears. Archie uh, is Pompompurin. Pompompurin, which is a... Uh, so Purin is the Japanese word for pudding. So mm-hmm. he is a dog that looks like an egg pudding, like a custard, like sure. a, yeah, a caramel, creme caramel, essentially. Um, and that's Archie's favorite. And he is, uh, what I love about that character is that his butthole is visible at all times. Um, <laughs> Would that we could all live that way. Of course, you got Good It's Hammer. Yes. You got the Lazy Egg. You got My Melody, the, the very helpful rabbit. Um, Pachaco, the Snoopy ripoff. Um, there's so many uh, yes. Sanrio characters and so many is, of wait, them. Is that Kuropi? Kuropi is, is-, um, is the frog. Is that Sanrio though? Yes, yeah, okay, yeah. Then. He's in this too. He's like, he's the bug expert. Oh. Uh, Choco Cat, a character who is not famous in Japan, but enormously popular in America and Brazil. And uh, I make fun of his fans constantly on my TikTok. Good-o. They are very angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what is insane about this game is what I thought was going to be like a light Animal Crossing-esque experience is actually an enormous map where you don't have... Basically, you are on... You, you create your own character... Mm-hmm. And you can choose from a cat type character, a dog type character, or a bird type character. Mm-hmm. Um, then you, the opening cutscene is you and all of the Sanrio gang on a plane. Um, and that includes, so, so most of the Sanrio guys know each other already. They don't really know you. And then um, Retsko from the uh, Netflix series Agretsko. The angry red panda. The angry the re- red panda. Red panda who does karaoke. Screams metal. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so she's on the plane too. Um, and the plane crashes on an island and you basically are all stranded on different parts of the island and your first task is finding everybody. Okay. But you can't access all the different parts of the island at first because you need abilities to allow you to either unlock certain areas or or do certain platforming challenges. There are Metroidvania elements in in (laughs) Helikitty's Island Adventure and it is like the first... 10 hours you play of this game are exploration based. Yes, it's all about like getting things to craft, gifts to then give to all the different characters. But what's so fun about this is that it is an exploration based game that you are meant to get car- like get the like you know get to a certain point by like you know Choco Cat will be like, "Hey, we're at friendship level 5. I'm going to give you this." And that means now you can swim or now you can do okay. all these certain things. But it's also like really easy to like break the game in a weird way and like travel to parts of the game that you shouldn't be at so right. early on. Do you think that's an oversight of game design? Or no. built into the game I think design? it's built into the game. Okay. If you want to, you can get further than you are allowed to in in this game's play, like day and night cycle. Um, and, and, and that for me was like probably the best gaming experience I had last year. Wow, which is crazy, but it just this game offered so much more than I was expecting it to, and me, Archie, and Tilly played it religiously for like a month and a half. Is I, there any 
cross-play to you it? You can or? play two-player. Like, okay. you know, like you can go visit their island or vice versa. Um, they're now, they still play it. I've tapped out because it's now, it's only about the kind of like Animal Crossing, visit your friends, sure. find things, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, but uh, man, magical game. So much fun, Wild. so cool, and they're still adding things to it. They added the little twin stars and um, other characters. They still haven't. There's a few of my favorite characters. I think they are adding big challenges in. So big. So no, they, okay, here's the spoiler, right? Right. It also has an amazing story mode where okay. you are trying to help this new character who is like a computer dude who like has like lost his memory, and as you continue and like you find him at these new locations that you get access to as you progress through the game. It's a long campaign too. Um, he talks about this old best friend he used to have and towards the very end of the game, like the story campaign, you realize he's talking about a crocodile and turns out the best friend that he has been talking about, uh, and this is full spoilers for, for, for this skip ahead, skip ahead if you care about this, but I feel like if you're a big sound head, you would have done it by now, but the character that he's talking about that he's his best friend is a character called big challenges. Now, big challenges went somewhat viral on Twitter six years ago. Okay. Because someone tweeted that in the late seventies, Sanrio um, basically announced that they were going to do something with this character who is a crocodile, a smiling crocodile called big challenges. That's it. So all it was, it was just a picture of a crocodile with the words big challenge underneath it. I love it. They proceeded to do nothing with the character. Idiots. Nothing. And so they could have bank. This Austin-based studio who have made a game based off of a South Park joke where in the World of Warcraft episode, um, Cartman um, invites Butters to, to come and play World of Warcraft with everybody um, to beat the adult man who they're sure. playing against. And he's like, t- he's talking about it and Butters is like, what's World of Warcraft? And they're like, Butters, what's wrong with you? And he's like, what game are you playing? And he's like, I'm playing Hello Kitty Island Adventure. At that point, there was no such thing as Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Wild. Now there is. Okay. And it reintroduced this cult Old. character. Sure. And he has a personality. He has gifts that he likes. He has missions that he gives you once you in the in the post game. This this the wild Apple Arcade game has a post game. <laughs> An extensive post game that they're going to con- constantly update. I really want them to add my fa- my second favorite character after Hungry Non is Usahana, who's a colorful rabbit that one day wishes to be a ballerina. Okay. And after that, it's Karimi-chan, who is a piece of salmon with a body. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love for both of them to be added to the game. But uh, as it is, it is like far and away the best Apple Arcade experience. Crazy. And... As a Sanrio fan, like was just sure. a pure, pure joy sure to fan. But, but I think even if you're not a Sanrio fan, if you just have Apple Arcade and you want a cool, weird exploration-based adventure, this is going to scratch a lot of itches. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dude, we've, this is the fucking top of the mountain now. We're at number one. I have no idea what your number one is. Do you know what mine is? No. You should be able to guess it because it's in your list, but not in mine. And I definitely liked it more than you. It's in more? Oh, it's Blasphemous too. That's, yeah. yeah. There we go. All right. My one, El Paso Elsewhere. Oh, yeah, right. I heard talk of this game this year. So this is the game that I played a demo of. Uh-huh. Absolutely loved the demo and was just... I was hoping against hope, like I do with all games, that it would come out on Switch. It didn't come out on Switch. So finally, I just bit the bullet, bought it on my PC, played it there. 
El Paso Elsewhere is a game that is kind of a um, an homage to the Max Payne games. Um, mainly because mainly it's a third person shooting game that has time slowing mechanics worked into it. If I'm being honest, the time slowing mechanics never work how they intend them to. Like they wanted them to be like in Max Payne where you dive and dive and shoot at the same time and things go slow. Not too great in that sense, but absolutely fucking fantastic for like controlling like there are aerial monsters and there are monsters that can teleport really quickly. Great for taking those guys out. So it's still useful, just not the way it is. The story of El Paso Elsewhere is you played a guy called James Savage who is a like paranormal investigator slash folklore researcher. You are going to a motel somewhere in, you know, somewhere deep in Texas where your ex-girlfriend, who is the Lord of the Vampires, is trying to get back the height of her vampire power by conducting a ritual that will end the world. (laughs) You are going there to stop her. How this happens is she has created a void beneath this motel that you have to navigate 48 floors of this void. Along the way, you rescue hostages who are being used for her ritual and you are defeating monsters like werewolves, mummies, living suits of armor, biblically accurate angels, all this crazy stuff. The story of this game, the way it's presented in these cutscenes, both at the beginning and in between all the levels and at the end of this game, are so well written and so well voice acted by the creative director of the game, Zalavia Nelson Jr. Oh, it's who this guy. One made Airport for Dogs. Airport, airport for Aliens currently occupied by dogs or currently run by dogs. I was close. <laughs> the, what, I, it, they just call it fucking Airport for Dogs. That's true. Which is the wildest, like, he made that and he made this? What the fuck? How does that work? He is also, personality-wise, the diametric opposite of Yeo on social channels. He is so overwhelmingly positive positive, and nice and just loves stuff and, like, has a great time as a game designer. he, He voice acts James Savage... Just the story and the way it's told and the writing is so, so effective in telling this story. And it is, it's a heartbreaking story because as you get further into the game, you're like, oh, this was an abusive relationship. Right. He was the abused. Like, there are certain details he reveals over the course of it that you're like, holy fucking shit, my guy. And, and it, it, it goes into that idea of how an abusive idea, how abusive relationship can seem like an, an addiction and can be hard to break. Like as he gets further down in the levels, he starts going like, I don't know if I can kill her. Cause I don't know if I've stopped loving her at this point, but at the same time telling stories of like, I shouldn't love this woman. This woman has done horrible things to me. The, the, the actual gunplay itself is really chunky and satisfying. Like it feels fucking cool to shoot all the guns it feels fucking cool to take down enemies there are all these like as you get further into the void it starts twisting the space you're going through so it's like 
you'll be in a graveyard, but when you walk through the door of a crypt, you're in a hotel room and like just starts really playing with your perception of space. Um, I just, the one critique I have of it maybe is they could have edited down a few levels. There's 48 levels. I got to level 45 and was like, can this please just end (laughs) now kind of thing? Like I'm, but that's basically like, I'm a man with limited time. I have a child and a full-time job. I would like to be finished with this game now. Um, yeah, I this had its hooks in me. I just had such a good time with it. Every every cutscene, I was like, yes, more story kind of thing, more cool. of this fantastic acting. The one, the one uh, beyond the story stuff, there's one that sticks in my mind, which is where you see the character like slumped in a room and he just turns to the camera and goes, was that a fucking werewolf in that bathroom? And I was like, I lost my shit. I was like, I need to play this game all the way to this end. This is so <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. Loved it. Fucking fantastic. Shout out to user Levy and Nelson Jr. Brilliant game. Everyone should play it. It's is really, it really on good. Game Pass? No. Oh, no. But it's on Xbox. It's on Xbox. And it's PC. on Xbox and PC. Okay. Mm. Which sucks because I was re- like... It sucks, but in an ironic way, because, you know, you were talking about earlier on where we were having that drink with Alexi. Yeah. So Lexi and I kept drinking after you left. And at the end of the night, as we were drunkenly stumbling to our various transports home, he recommended a movie for me to watch. (laughs) And I recommended him a game for him to play. Mine was El Paso Elsewhere, because I was like, this is noir brilliance. You'll love it. And I was like, it's on PS5. The internet says it's on PS5. It's not on PS5. Damn. Of course, he recommended a movie that is not out commercially anywhere and I'm not able to see it, but it looks fucking amazing and what I cannot it? wait. It's called Hundreds of Beavers. It's like a black... Oh, a I've heard black, him talk about this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks so good. I cannot wait to see it. They're going to release it at some point this year. But I just find it funny that neither of us can play the game that we like. Neither of us can enjoy the bit of culture we recommended yes, to one another. Yeah. So funny. All right, man. Blasphemous two. Blasphemous two. My number one game of the year it was Blasphemous. The first was uh, was my my number one game of twenty eighteen. I Whenever think it came out. Yeah. Um, and as I like, I was reluctant to get straight into this one. I don't know why. I was just kind of like, it can be daunting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I because I was playing so many games with the kids already the idea of playing a super long metrovania was not initially enticing and i I bought it and then like you know just had it on my home screen for a while and then i started playing it maybe december last year Mm -hmm. and was like oh shit this is the this is the good shit yeah (laughs) um it is so much fun straight away Mm -hmm. and i think the map is so much better than the first game i think the map is one of the best things about a Metroidvania game when you realize it like, you know, you're, when you realize you're directly above this area and suddenly it all hollows out beneath you and, you know, enters itself in. Oh, wow, I'm just here. And then you connect and everything's connected and suddenly, yeah. you know, as the shortcuts appear. So what was this huge slog through tons of enemies is it's now just like boop. a ladder, Yeah, you know, like, and I found the side quests in this game like so fun and mm. fulfilling. Like I, got, I found all the cherubs in this game. Okay. Um, and so it, did I. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it allows you to go all the way up the tower. Yeah. Um, did you do the quest where you find all of the? It's like an unfinished lullaby, and you find all the lullaby, and then it unlocks this. Is that the woman 
the, the crying rocking woman. the baby to sleep. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you have to do like a hard platforming level. Yes. Which then gets you a spell. Then there's another one which is like a um they're like these letters and each letter is a clue or yes. something that you need to go and do and then yeah. Yeah. Because you did all this shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. I guess we're just wired. I, look, we're, wired. I would, we're built different. In, in the same yeah, in the same way you probably did, it's like, oh, I'm up against the last boss. Time to go through the entire game once again yeah, and yeah, see yeah, what yeah. I've missed, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. So that's where I'm at with um uh, Prince of Persia, The Last Crown. Okay. Um, did you get the good ending of Blasphemous 2? I I got an ending and then looked it up online and realized that it's easy to get both endings. Sure. So I've seen both endings. I've gotten the bad ending. Right. And then I went back and I did everything. Did I, you know they added another ending to Blasphemous 1? Really? Yes. The true ending, which sets up number two. Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> but the, the, uh, like, the list of things to do to uh, unlock that is an essay. It's insane. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> For me, hell. this was like, it streamlined all of the things that it should have, in my opinion. Like, it, I feel like the, 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 you started a lot of quests in that first game that you had no idea it was very difficult. It was a lot more vague. Mm. Whereas this, it's kind of feels like you can either ignore the side quests really easily. You like, you find an artifact and it's like, this belongs to maybe this belongs to a set of things and you can ignore it or you can try and track the other ones down. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the cherubs, you can totally finish the game without finding them all, but it was very <laughs> satisfying finding them all to me. I did like the new edition of the figures that you wear on your back. Yes. And how that, there are combos you can come up yeah, with. Yeah, so cool. Like, that's, that's always great. In uh, and I loved it, like, yeah, to get to the good ending, you had to, like, combine, you yeah, find the burn. certain ones, and, and yeah. they're all pointing towards different parts of your back. And once you have them all pointing in, like, a diamond shape, that's what gets you, unlocks the key yeah. to get to a room. And, like, yeah, it was very clever. For me, like, above all, this was just an immensely fun game to play. There were sections of the first game where it was just such a drag because he moved like a fucking sack of potatoes. Yeah, and a guy wearing a full suit of armor. Yeah, and this was like he was he was so I, I love the, the 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 trick of choice of weapon. Like I really thought that I was only going to have to play the entire game with at the, at the beginning of the game. Sure, it's like here are the three weapons. Which one are you going to choose? And I was like, oh my god. What this am I is the do? worst. Don't make me. But like less than half an hour passes, and you unlock another one yeah. of the other ones, and then. You know, an and hour, folding an folding the weapons themselves into specific ways of traversal. So right. you complained earlier about the way you switch between weapons in Gunbrella. What yes. did you think about the platforming sections that were reliant on you quickly changing from sometimes frustrating? There's one particular one I remember, I can't remember it's like one of the dreams or something, where it's very heavily based on like switch, go, switch, this, yes. oh. It's one of those things where it's just like I just have to rote learn this section. Yeah, exactly. It's frustrating, and sometimes I sometimes so the, the fuck yeah. ups are me. And the sometimes lane, that, that was the platforming section that you get when you um, do, complete the lullaby. Yes, I think. Yeah. Yes. It was just one of those things where I'm like, I I get what I need to do. It's just it's frustrating to do it, and it's how much patience do I have? And it turns out, eventually, I had enough patience. So, Prince of Persia: The Last Crown, the game I'm currently. The game you won't shut up about. Almost, almost finished with is better than Blasphemous when it comes to exploration. Better Number than one or both? Both. Oof. Better than Blasphemous 2 when it comes to uh, combat Oof. and platforming. Mm-hmm. But where Blasphemous 2 excels is memorable boss fights. Fantastic boss fights. There is a 
boss that you fight in Blasphemous 2 who is like not really anybody when it comes to the story. He is just a uh, um, like a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. He, he makes he makes swords, and you fight him. He has like panpipes in front of his face, and so all of his moves before he makes them, he like blows his panpipes, and according to which sound he makes, you know, oh shit, he's tele- yes, he's telegraphed. This is about to happen. Yeah, that's my favorite boss fight of the year. Yes, and he, at one point he like he like when you hit him a certain point, uh, like you know, a third of the way of his damage, he like jumps to the back of the level, and he's like trying to find the right sword to fight you with, and he throws all the swords that he doesn't want to the foreground where you are, and you've got to dodge them all. Then he comes and fights you with the stronger sword. Then you get him down to like you know when there's you know two thirds of damage, and he jumps back there, does it again. Best fucking boss fight of the year. Sure, there is another one. Where it is um, a dude, a, a big, a big hulking dude with like a coffin on his back, like a baby's coffin, and you, you, you fight him, and then you get him down, you d- deplete all his damage, and he collapses on the ground, and then the coffin bursts open, and you have to fight this little cunt, yeah, with a sword, and he's fucked, and I, I've beat the first, like I beat the, the dude with the coffin on his back, with like you know two bits of health left. And then suddenly like, oh shit, there's a second phase of this fight. And I just, by the fucking skin of my teeth, whatever the phrase is, I always sure. forget what it is. Yeah, is it yeah. skin of my teeth? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Why is it that? I don't know. But, uh, you know, I just managed to, to beat, that, beat that little cunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, boom, the fucking... Number three, baby. The big dude wakes back up and you have to fight both of them at the same time. It ended me instantly. Fucking third, I, third phase boss battle with... To the both of the bot Just oh, And so I got so good At taking no damage In the first phase And then I would Take a bunch in the second phase And then eventually You learn Both phases It did take me Maybe ten tries But I You know Yeah be- Beating them all it's, that's What a the satis- That's the satisfaction of it Yeah 100% Yeah And like I love that like It's linear But there's always Oh okay If, if someone's Handing your ass to you there's certain places you can go to like make it go do somewhere you know, level else. yourself up a little bit yeah yeah uh, and the the three weapons and having different upgrade trees for the three weapons yeah. like go do something else earn up something grab an upgrade maybe it's for your favorite weapon maybe it's a weapon you haven't tried before yeah one one little detail i loved is the map has mother of mothers in it the section from the yes. first game yeah, yeah. but it's all decrepit uh-huh. and it just really Gives you that sense of, and like it, it grounds you in the first game, which I've, I really was needed in this game, and a, diff- a different like take on the theme song as well. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that must be cool after having just played it as well to go yeah. into that. Yeah, like particularly going into Mother of Mothers and being like, oh, so I yeah. just fucking ah. yeah. You were like, oh, there's a part from the first game that 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 is in this game too, and I was like, oh my god, what's it gonna be? And then yeah. it showed up. I was like, oh, that's what he was talking about. How good. But there's some amazing enemy types, and I know, like, I get you. Like, I, sure, wish, I wish you could execute them. Yes, of course. Like, I, like I said, it's me being really picky. Yeah, me being super picky. But yeah, there are some like fantastic enemies in this. Again, some that are really fucking frustrating to deal with. Yeah, but, but I, that's part of it for me. It was like, oh, this is the best Metroidvania of the year. I mean, I think it's it, that's. Far away, my favorite genre of game. You've got to be pretty amazing in any other genre of game to like distract me from that genre. Sure. Um, and that was definitely the best Metrovania of last year. And it's crazy to me that halfway through January, I 
You are playing a better Metroidvania. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I think, and from such a random source too. Yeah, I think you could... I, Blasphemous 2 definitely has way more charm and ultimately is the better game. Sure. Um, but from like a pure, like this is fun Mechanical, to play, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Prince of Persia gets the edge. But yeah, man. But, it's, I mean, it's so, of- but it's so sick that this game, I hope, does well and I hope influences studios, like bigger studios that wouldn't normally take on. Because, like, you know, I played a lot of Metroidvanias that like the, the studio that took this on was way too small to try and do something so ambitious as sure. the Metroidvania. Um, and, and you'll, you know, it's just feels samey or boring or like, you know, not as well developed as it should have been. Um, obviously not saying that about, um, the, uh, what's it called? Something kitchen who make a blasphemous game kitchen. No, is it game kitchen? We can Google this typing, typing, see them at me by bang. <laughs> <laughs> Great typing. Typing. Um, it's made by the Game Kitchen. Game Kitchen. There yeah, you go. Yeah, but uh, I can't remember what I was going to say, but it's a good game. It's a fucking yeah. cool game. So yeah. good. Blasphemous 2. Yeah. Should we run through our top 10s again? Top Please. to bottom? Please. All right. I will kick us off. Let me just open my phone here. Mine's already here. Number 10, Cocoon slash Viewfighter. Number 9, Fading Afternoon. Number 8, Pizza Tower. Number 7, Tevi. Number 6, Unidentified Falling Objects. The game... Out of all this list that I'm going to return to soonest, I would say. Falling Objects? It's so good. Great. Um, Resonant Tale, number five. Number four is Dredge. Number three is Frog's Adventure. Number two is Hello Kitty Island Adventure. And number one is Blasphemous 2. What a list. What a year. What a a year, what a list. Uh, Mine, number 10, Fading Afternoon. Number nine, Dusant. Number eight, Blasphemous 2. Number seven, Chance of Sanaa. Number six, Storyteller. Number five, Sludge Life 2. Mm-hmm. Number four, Dredge. Number three, Cocoon. Number two, Dave the Diver. And number one, El Paso Elsewhere. Now, Levens, I don't know if you've prepared a list like this. I have prepared a list like this. Games that I'm looking forward to potentially in 2024. Yeah, I already said my list. It was the games that I bought in oh, 2023 yeah, that I haven't opened yet. You have a guaranteed, you have guaranteed ones of that. I got a list. I'll run through it yep. quickly. I know people are probably like on their eighth commute listening to this and just want it to be over. So I'll do you a solid. There are two on this that have specific release dates. Yep. If there's one thing we've learned, it's that game release dates are the most fluid things on earth. They can move. They move all the time. So everything else bar one. So I've got two that have specific release dates. Everything else has put 2024 as a release date. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's one that does not have a 2024 release date. Oh, fine. So, the two that have release dates. Number one is Pacific Drive. So, this is coming to PlayStation and PC. Mm-hmm. It is a game where you drive a Woody station wagon through a research site in America's Pacific Northwest that has been, like, fucked up by anomalies and stuff. And you're trying to, like... Get deep into this zone and figure out what exactly is happening here. It looks amazing. What type of game is that? Uh, it's a driving roguelite. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Second one, Expeditions, a mud runner game <laughs> coming out on 5th of March. We don't need to say anything else about this. You know I love those mud runner games. <laughs> this this one looks, loves to run some mud. This one looks amazing. Uh, s- all of these, the the next bunch don't have a release beyond 2024. Skate Story, which is a Devolver game. Mm-hmm. One of the ones they pushed back into this year. All we know is it's a skating game and the story is you're a demon who is skating through hell. 
It just looks incredible. That sounds fun. Has an amazing story uh, song in the trailer. Baby Steps, which is the new game from um, the guys that made. Uh, who's the guy that used to play keyboard for um, Cut Copy? And then he made Getting Over It uh, with Benson Foddy, something. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the new Benson Foddy game. Okay, looks great. really good. Uh, Locomotive is a uh, point-and-click adventure. Looks really funny. It's in the old kind of LucasArts style. It's like a murder on the Orient Express type thing. You play as three characters who have been accused of murder. Sounds great. Another Crab's Treasure, which is the new oh, game from yes. Agro Crab. It's their Souls-like, but under the ocean, you're a crab. Uh, Harold Halibut. Which is a point-and-click adventure, but it's got a like stop-motion animation style. This one's been coming for ages. Hopefully, it comes out this year. Pepper Grinder. I played a, 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 a like a, a preview build test of this. build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, cool game. Really good. Yeah, right. Excited for the full thing. Looking forward. The Plucky Squire. So amped for this game. My most uh, anticipated game of the year. Coming out of Brisbane, looks fucking fantastic. Always love to give love to local scene. Sorry, Knuckle Sandwich. Um, little Kitty Big City. Great you're, name. You're a cat. You're a little cat that just has to make your way through a city. Okay. Looks great. I play, actually played the demo. It's fantastic. Uh, Broken Roads, which is a new CPRG, like Fallout, the original Fallout games, made in Australia, set in Australia. Again, shout out to Australian games. The Rise of the Golden Idol. It's a sequel to The Case of the Golden oh, cool. Idol. Really looking forward to that. Case of the Golden Idol was great. Mariachi Legends. So this is one that's just kind of come up recently. It was a um, like Kickstarter, smashed its Kickstarter. I believe it's a Metroidvania-ish kind of thing. Pixel art looks incredible. It's really, really stunning. Uh, Little Nightmares 3, Man Can Dream. No, it's coming. I'm a bit, to be honest, I'm a bit like, eh, about that one, like, it's it'll, not the original. I hope they uh, change the engine. That would right. be great. It's it's not the original team, so I don't know how good it will be in terms of the first two. And I watched a twenty minute gameplay demo the other day and was kind of underwhelmed, but I'm willing to give it a try. And the final one, and this is not a twenty. This has not got a marked twenty twenty four to it. <sighs> fucking Silk Song. Oh, yeah, Release that fucking game already. <laughs> So one of my most uh, viewed videos. I swear to God, if you tell me you played a test build of it, I will punch you. But I I, I made a video about the new uh, Holy Nine action figures they made. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Nendoroid ones. And uh, on the Nendoroid box is the Silk Song logo, and it's (gasps) crazy to me that we've got Silk Song merch before (laughs) the game itself. (laughs) It's like it got to be this year. So I just found um, like all of our past top tens. Oh shit! And I'm trying to work out what the the strongest year is. Interesting. For indie games. Can I see? Is it just yours or is it both I of us? I found both of ours up to 2020 and then I found mine alone from the last two years. I'll put them all together so, you know, a year from now we'll have them all. But uh, I'd say just go off the top fives. All right. In 2018. Oh, just my, go off the top fives. My, in 2018, my top five was Yoku's Island Express, Iconoclast, Messenger, Celeste, Hollow Knight. Messenger, Celeste, and Hollow Knight's a pretty strong top three. Yours was Ashen, Into the Breach, Donut County, Hollow Knight, and Celeste. Okay. Um, in 2019, mine was Cadence of Hyrule, Ape Out, Ringo Ishikawa, Katana Zero, and Blasphemous. That that's, is very strong. That's fucking strong. And like, not just strong, but also very varied. Everything's like yes. a very different game. I, I would kill for another game that was like Ape Out. 
You know fair, I mean? fair. Um, whoa, beers. Um, yours was uh, um, it's gonna what the golf ape out untitled goose game Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium. It's going to be so hard to beat 2019. Okay, yeah, that was pretty special that year. Um, 2020, yours was Paradise Killer, Kentucky Route Zero, Wasteland 3, Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Hades. Mm. Mine was Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, Disc Room, Spirit Fairer, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I, I do, can't find you. I, I do love those games where it's those years where it's like we have the same top two, but just in different positions. Yeah, for sure. That's always so fun. 2021, I think, is the only year we had the same game as our number one. What was it? So I can't find yours, but I know. I had five was Toem. Death's Door, of course. Four was Unpacking. Three was Blue Fire. Two was Sable. One, Death's Door. For me, that's the list that I look back on with the most fondness. Repeat that. What was the Toem? Great. And their DLC campaign that came out like the year after, incredible as well. Okay. I don't know if I talked about that at any point, but it's excellent. Um, Unpacking. Fantastic. Blue Fire. Okay. So fucking underrated. Sure. Red Hot Game. Sable. Okay. Uh, misunderstood, beautiful game. I It's something that I... Probably this year I will go back to. And, um, and Death's Door. So Fantastic game. I was playing... Um, I was playing uh, Prince of Persia. And Archie can really tell when I'm loving a game. He's like, Dad, how much do you love Prince of Persia? And I'm like... I really like it, Archie. It's one of my favorites, I think. And he goes, "Is it better than Death's Door?" Wow. Okay. And I was like, "Shit, we have not. I've like, you know, I haven't brought that up or have yeah. Like, and I'll, I think because I think that's in the Netflix package, so he must have seen it on his iPad as something okay. that he potentially play on his iPad. And um, I was like, huh. I don't know if it is, but it's up there, right? But like, that was a, such a good fucking game. I mean, oh, there's a whole other argument that can be raised of like. Is that an unfair question? Are you comparing apples and oranges, Death Door against Prince of Persia, like side-scrolling platformer versus uh, like hack and slash combat-y, like yeah. isometric? Can like can you rank games against each other like that? But I look at that though that that list and I'm like those that's a mix of the best games of the year for everyone and the best games of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas after that, then it's like, oh, I didn't play a bunch of the best games. Sure. <laughs> I guess, I mean, it almost, it, it does like 2020 is almost the last year where I got to put together a list that's like, yes, this is definitively yeah. what I thought was the best and not this is what I had time for. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like that's 2021 for me. 2022 last year is the first year where it's like, oh, this is just like a bunch of random games yeah. I liked. This is what I had time for. So it's for. Casual Birder, Vampire Survivors, Tiny Kin, Little Gator Game, and Island. That's an insane yeah. top five, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's real weird. I'm looking, I'm now expanding it to top 10 and I'm looking 2019 to 2020. So my top 10, my, my 10 to 6 for 2019 was Grindstone. Because oh, 2019 was, 2019 was the Arcade, launch yeah. of Apple Arcade. Of there were some fucking bangers on that. We've got Untitled Goose Game and the launch of an entire new yeah. platform in Apple Arcade on in the same day. The sa- yeah. Uh, Children of Mortar, which I stand by as a fantastic roguelite. Sayonara Wild Hearts. Just an insane, like, one of those things where it's like video games meets art, essentially. Katana Zero. And I cheated that year, admittedly, and had control. Like, insane list, insane list. And then what, as, as Levin said, what the golf, ape out, untitled goose game, outer wilds and fucking disco Elysium. Like, yeah. 
2020, Cook Serve Delicious 3, which is a game that I glanced off, to be honest. Like, that's filler, I'll admit <laughs> it. There is no game, Wrong Dimension. Bang a game. Bang a game. Sludge Life, bang a game. Carrion, bang a game. Super Hot, Mind Control, Delete. Cool. Good. Yeah. Paradise Killer, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Wasteland 3, Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Hades. Personally, 2019. 2019's pinnacle. 2021 for, for me. me. My, my, like, my... Full top 10 for 2021. Flynn, Son of Crimson. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Humble Bundle published pixel art game. Solar Ash at number nine. Okay. Which uh, people have come around on. Uh, Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels at number eight. The Oink Games puzzle game. Revisited it this year or last year. It's fun as shit. Yeah. Um, number seven, Oliha. Oliha. Like really, really fun. Yeah, 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 published. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, fun game. And then Dodgeball Academia at number six. Sure. Love that one too. Of course. Yeah. Look, all I'm saying is indie games are pretty fucking good. Amazing. And I feel like a better person when I play them. Oh, 100%. I like, it's so funny when you talk to people and they're like, yeah, I play games. And you're like, oh shit, what do you play? And they're like, Overwatch. And you're like, and? And? They're like, oh yeah, just like, there's nothing, there's nothing more demoralizing for me than like, it used to happen at, at my old job where it'd be like, oh, this person's joining. They play games too. What do you play? FIFA. Fuck it, man. We're, we're never going to see eye to eye on anything. Well, funnily like, enough, uh, FIFA Mobile was a game made by Nexus, who also made your uh, number two game of this year. So Really? Yeah, yeah. Nexus or Nexon? No, whatever. Whatever the fucking... Who fucking cares? It's yeah. Ne- um, but I mean, it's just one of the, like, the reason we we did this podcast, at least for me in the beginning, is... There's nothing better than having a varied gaming diet. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I see that now. Like, I, I make a lot of videos about manga on TikTok, but the majority of manga TikTok is people, uh, you know, making videos about the same. It's like they they have all of the Berserk hardcovers, and then they have you know a hundred and whatever volumes of One Piece. And then a bunch of shonen titles when mm-hmm. the the breadth of manga is so weird and wonderful. Yeah. And it's so depressing when people make videos just about the same, you know, essentially twelve series that 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 take up an entire bookshelf. Sure. My my collection is fucking insane and I'm so proud of it. Same as the games that I like to play. I of love course. being I love jumping from genre to genre to genre despite being at heart. Like I love my platformers, you know, like yeah. It's always it's funny like meeting up with friends and they know the question that I love to be asked is, so what are you playing? Sure. And it's always like, oh, well, look, over the last two weeks, I've <laughs> played this and this and this and this kind of thing. Like, I dipped my toe in this. I checked out this. I, you know, I just, I can't think of anything more boring than like, I have played the same. And that's why, I mean, look, it's why I eventually was like, let's go to the boss battle now with, um, Tears of the Kingdom because I was like I've been playing this game for a month and a half yep. and I need to not be playing this game anymore but I'm so far into it that I can't just go like we'll put it down and we'll come back to it later I'm not coming back to it later I'm finishing it now and I finished it and I'm never touching that fucking <laughs> game again there are just there are games where I'm just particularly like the bigger games where I'm like I'm never going to play this again for me I like I, I took a, a break from Tears of the Kingdom and I, you know, if you told me 
tomorrow's the day you got to get back to it, I'd happily do it. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I still remember that game really fondly. I kind of like, I'm a bit like, oh, whoops, I didn't, I didn't finish it last year. But also, that's a long-ass fucking game. It is. Yeah. And look, I, I like illuminated the entire underworld yeah. in that game. I hit every shrine in the clouds. Like, I... I didn't got a fucking big dick in Zelda. If you're saying. Hey man, if I got a flex, I got a flex. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I just like it's it's something where I'm like, I never have to come back here again. I'm glad I played it. It's a fantastic game. Yep. The whole like being able to build stuff is incredible, and all the videos online of people making the wackiest fucking inventions. And I snapped off some good tweets as a result of that <laughs> game. But I'm just done. Yeah. But Whereas, like, with a lot of the indie games, I'm like, oh, I'll revisit that. Like, yeah, for I, sure. I, I'll jump in on that again. I finished, I mean, God, Outer Wilds, which was my number two in 2019. I finished it last year for the first time. That's it. Came to Switch. Did the had DLC. the DLC. Yep. Incredible. Incredible game. Like, fantastic emotional ending to it. DLC I had some issues with, but overall great. But what a fucking game. Outer Wilds is amazing. Um, so the next game that I guess I'm excited for is not an indie game. It's a, uh, a, a game that I guess falls more on the tears of the kingdom, taking over your life for way too long. Mm-hmm. And that's the new Yakuza game. The paradise one? Like a, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a something? It does all kind of bullshit. Sure. There's like an entire animal crossing in that motherfucker. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I but- mean, I gotta, I gotta respect that because that's just like the weirdest yeah, it's a genre mash of games, and I've never finished any of them, despite playing like four of them. Okay, but like, yeah, I feel like I just need to get something, one of them to get its hooks in me, and then like that's me done for a while, you know? Sure. Yeah, that is. I mean, that is one benefit of going like, I'm playing this game, and I will be playing this game a month from now, and etc. But but I it's think cheaper. So my heart of hearts, I prefer playing a bunch of weird little oh, games. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. There's that strange little experience. Yeah. I'm, um, I have perhaps ill-advisedly, I am tracking what I'm playing this year. As in like I hour have by notes, hour? I have a, no, no, no. I have a notes app on my phone. And so everything that I open up, I note down that I'm playing it. I, if I finish it, it gets three asterisks after, afterwards to track what I finished this year. It's just one of those things where I'm like, will I be able to continue this over the course of the year? Will I remember to do it? <laughs> Is it going to influence me to be like, well, I, I remember- hate this game, but I'm going to finish it because I want to have more finished kind of thing. Like, well, I remember, to remember how to do the shortcut for the asterisks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything could happen. Um, yeah. So for those, because someone, someone in our Discord was like, do you remember how many games you finished this year? And I was like, oh man, don't. Fuck no! I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what I played earlier this year. Like, don't ask me that. So this year, I'm like, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna track what I'm playing. Well, look, guys, fucking twenty indie games, ten beers, a uh, shit ton of extra indie games on a variety of weirdly themed and lists. a bag of chips. Yeah, um, it was a beautiful episode. Three and a half hours is how long we, we spoke yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're the one saying that knowing that you're not the one that has to edit it. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening. Um, We will be back a year from now. Hell yeah. We'll see Um, you in... This is a fun tradition to keep up. 2025. And if you do want to kick a couple bucks our way to say thanks for for, for taking the time out of our day to put this together, um, the easiest way to do that is to head to patreon.com slash... 
all, all the, the small, small games. games. <laughs> I assume that's not yeah. fucking Jesus. It's been a while. Search all the small games on Patreon. Um, fuck, I think Cookie like bit through my um my charger. Cookie, you little shit. Um, Cookie shit. Wow, he really did. Good job, Cookie. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, look, I need to buy a new charger now too. Yes. So if you uh, if you want to uh, head to all the patreon.com slash if you want to buy a rabbit, <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash all the small games uh, is the easiest way to support us. Um, you know, even if you just want to throw a dollar in there, yeah, it, it, it it's makes appreciated. A Last year we were able to buy ourselves tickets to go see our favorite band of all time, Pavement. Yep. John and I went together. Great. We held hands for the entirety of the show. It was beautiful. Um, and uh, look, maybe they'll tour again. And I would, love, I would love for everyone listening right now to, to, to fund that purchase. That'd be amazing. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will see you many indie games from now. Love you all. And also you get to join our Discord. Um, yes. If you, if you sign up, get, yeah. up, get, up to, get up to our Patreon and, and talk to us at indie games all the way through. Yeah. I'm, I'm always popping in and being like, I'm playing this game and I hate it. <laughs> Um, and uh, you can hear me every week on the podcast Hey Fam uh, with my friend Angus Truscott. Um, we talk about video games and, and TV shows and movies and comics and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Um, we're both on Twitter. Mm-hmm. John is at 16tacos on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Levens Online. Ah, there we go. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yep. Um, uh, you can follow us all the small game on Twitter. Yeah. At all the small game, they couldn't rarely updated, but occasionally I get I get inspired and make some snide comment. This fucking rabbit's b- actually broken my charger. Piece of shit. <laughs> Was your favorite indie game of the year, Cookie? Mm. Being cooked into a pie. Yeah. <laughs> See you everybody. Bye. Bye.